brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. You are listening to the Voices of Wrestling podcast with your hosts, Joe Lanza. X out, don't listen to some boring podcast where they're afraid of their own shadow. Okay, don't listen to Joe Lanza because Joe Lanza's not changing. And Rich Craig. Give me a name. Like Who delivers this guy in a big spot? Joe, don't yell at me. Like in, in the big spot. Who delivers better than this guy? Stop yelling at me. I agree. And we are live here on the Voices of Wrestling flagship podcast. I'm Rich Craig, alongside, as always, the king of banter, Mr. Joe Lanza. Joe, what's happening? I think I just accidentally reported someone in the chat room with an erroneous... <laughs> Uh-oh. Button press. I don't. I, I. It said, "Do you want to report?" It said, "Report," and I hit it. So I reported someone that's in the chat room to. Oh. To Twitter, to uh, to YouTube, I guess. Um, that's why I don't like to have the. That's one of the reasons I don't like to have the chat room open. I don't know what I'm pressing on that thing, and then uh, I also don't always like to see what's going on in the chat room because I don't want it to affect what I'm saying on the show. Do you know what I mean by that? I do. Like, but you, you're you're a frequent. But but you always say that you're in the chat, though, right? Well, here's how I handle it. Like, I will pop in, especially if we can't think of something, because I know someone in there will have the answer. Do, do you know what I mean? Oh, I do. Oh, I'm aware. Yes. Yeah. But I don't leave it open because <laughs> I don't like my performance affected by the chat. Like, I don't want one dope in the chat who's disagreeing with us. I don't want to get bogged down. With arguing with one person. Right. Then we do a show for that person while we argue with that person that only a few people can see what they're talking about at at a certain time. Yes. Exactly. I'm doing a show for the masses. I don't want to do a show for – I'm just going to pick a random name in this room. If like J-Pop here in the room here is That didn't seem random. I'm I'm not going to lie. That didn't seem random. It seemed like you were calling out J-Pop, but that's fine. Hey, listen. Don't stir the pot. I, that's a total random poll. I just looked at, I pulled up the chat, and that's the name I saw. Um, yeah, if J Pop starts, you know, popping off at the mouth in the chat room, I don't want to do a show just for J Pop and start arguing with him for twenty minutes. So, anyway, that's why I don't really like to have it open. But I like having the ability to quickly get to it. You know, especially now. I'm not going to lie. If I spit out like a fire take. I like checking out the chat room to see what kind of reactions. It's like watching your replay. You know, know, it's like watching your replay on the Jumbotron after, you know, you got to kind of peek over there. Yeah. If I'm real proud of myself for, for like a real, a real hot take, you know, Uh, or if I'm poking the bear a little, I'll go into the chat room to, to see if people are getting riled up by my hot take. But no, I don't like have it open on us on the screen. Like I can't do that because then I can't do the show properly. So, 
Um, but anyway, whoever is in there that got kicked out because I reported you, I, I, that was an accident. I, I don't. <laughs> I, I don't know. Do I, I don't know if the report immediately kicks them out or just kind of sends something. I, I I have no idea what the report does. So sorry if you're if you are that person that is listening, uh, and you've been booted. I I we apologize. I, somehow let us know, and we will try to rectify that. I don't, yeah I don't know. I don't know. Does, is that an immediate boot? Like did their message go away after you did that? I don't even know. It just okay. hap- all happened so fast, and I know that I pressed the report button. And I don't know who it was on. Like it could have been this J Pop. It could have been the Thinking Fox. It could have been Corey Battles. Any one of these guys that are in there. Uh, I don't know which one. Um, if you'd like to participate in the chat, we might as well get a plug of room. Well, yeah, I, I was going to say, let's let's do it. Yeah. You know, if you would like to listen to the show live every week and have the ability to participate in the live chat and see if you can get under my skin while I'm doing the show and completely disrupt the show, that's the $10 tier on the Patreon, which gets you access to all of the free content. Uh, free content, all of the live content, and uh, everything else we do as well. So that's patreon.com slash voice of wrestling, $10 tier. And uh, you get in that live chat. It's always very lively. It is. It's a good live chat. Yeah, yeah. We got the community we're building here has been pretty nice as of late. And we're 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 approaching and we've kind of talked about it as well that, uh, you know, with the Observer Awards coming out this uh, presumably tonight, uh, which should be really, really good and, and well-measured takes about, about the Observer Awards this week. I'm sure no <laughs> no animosity whatsoever uh, as, as to who w- wins those awards. But uh, uh, we uh, always mention that the first show that we ever did, the first show that you and I ever sat down and said, we are recording a Voices of Wrestling show, was reacting to the 2012 Wrestling Observer uh, Awards, which, dear God, it's it's 2020. I mean, it's 2021. Like that, it, it seems unbelievable that it was that long ago. But that that it was, yeah, it, it was 2012. Uh, the Wrestling Observer Awards. We uh we decided to check the date today because we're thinking, oh man, it's got to come up pretty soon. It actually, for some reason, Dave was like real quick on the uh, the awards uh, in in 2012 because those things were done uh, in January. So I guess we did our first show somewhere around February 2012. I don't know that we'll ever have the exact date and, and, and yeah, it's been lost to history and God only knows where that file is or the site it was hosted on is gone. All that sort of stuff's gone, but it had to be around February 2012. So, um, I don't know. We're 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 past the the anniversary date, or we're approaching it, or however you want to call it. It's still February 2021, so we're I guess in our anniversary month, if you want to say that. Nine years, yeah, yeah, tenth year of the show. Jesus, tenth year of the show. It's crazy. <laughs> it's just unbelievable. Yeah, it is. Uh, it, it's it's wild. I I would have never. Well, what I was going to bring up is that like you know the the. You know, everybody always we we kind of we and we play into this a little bit too. We talk, oh, these guys hate us, and these guys think we suck, and these guys hate. You know, we block these guys and all these people on Twitter. But the grand majority is like people that really enjoy what we do and and what the website does as a whole, uh, as yeah. well. And yeah, the community that we built is awesome. Like I, I you know, I was watching um, I was watching AEW yesterday and and our Discord channel, which you know we about a year or so ago. I uh, decided to kind of close down our forums that we had and move everything over to Discord, which is voicewrestling.com uh, slash Discord, by the way, uh, if you'd like to join. And and I was watching Dynamite and looking at the Discord. God, it's just a blast during, <laughs> during Dynamite, man. It is like people are so excited. We got people talking about Hook. We got people talking about – it's just – it's nuts. Like to just jump into there during a show and see all the discussion going on. It's it's really cool. And and, and yeah, you mentioned this chat room too, really lively chat room, uh, especially in our pay-per-view post shows that we do uh, as well. Those are always a lot of fun when, you know – in AEW pay-per-view ends, we, we jump onto the, you know, the, the we do the live stream, we do the instant reactions, and it's just the chat room just filled with takes and interesting stuff and and, and whatnot. So um, it's cool. Well, 
AEW has really reinvigorated a lot of people's enthusiasm for American wrestling. And I think a lot of people, myself included, if I'm being honest, very badly wanted AEW to be good. And it has been good. There's obviously things I would change about it. You know, the subscribers who listen to my reviews know all of those things. But I think it's been a really good promotion and it's been the best American wrestling. I mean, let's really think about this. It's probably been the best American wrestling since outside of random six-month or one-year periods where WWE was okay. Um, Like 2014 or something. Maybe since the heyday of ROH. Is that unfair? Am I forgetting something? So is there any qualifiers to this? Like you're just saying the best American wrestling American company. American promotion yeah. overall. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, I think. Because you can point to like NXT being good for a long time, but the company as a whole wasn't. Sure. Right. And and the, and the thing that, you know, the, the secret about NXT, and I'm, I'm kind of going over it right now. Uh, again, we're, we're plugging away here <laughs> on the arrival at uh, patreon.com uh, slash voice wrestling $5 tier as I'm going through the early uh, NXTs. Uh, as I'm going through those early NXTs, I'm remembering that I used to cover and review NXT weekly uh, for the website. And one of the, the, the secrets about NXT in that, that era as well is that the takeovers, they always peaked really well with the takeovers. The takeovers were awesome, really cool main events, really simple stories leading to kind of big fun matches or whatnot. But the secret was the TV, the, the week-to-week TV was pretty damn boring. Like it was, we liked it. I, I, I'm, if you listen to the show back in 2014, uh, 2015, we would come on here and say, "Hey, NXT is boring, but we're glad it's boring." You know what I mean? And and that was yeah. like, it's boring in a good way. In that, like, on one side, on Raw and SmackDown or whatever, you still have a bunch of weird shit happening, a bunch of crazy angles, all that sort of stuff. But NXT was like, "Hey, you know what?" They, you know, kind of boil down the simple parts of wrestling. It's a boring week-to-week show. It's, there's nothing really that exciting. There's a promo. There's a video. There's a squash match. There's a promo. There's a squash match. There's a promo. And then there's a main event. And that was NXT every single week. And we kind of said, in its boringness, it's kind of fun and kind of interesting. But the secret, though, I don't know that NXT ever really had, like, an exciting... Like, people weren't, you know, watching an episode of NXT and going, Oh, my God, can you believe... Oh, my, oh my God, that episode... Like, there's just weren't... Especially in the heyday. That just wasn't what the NXT Weekly TV was. So even if people bring that up, I, I would always, you know, kind of push back on that and say, Yeah, the takeovers were fantastic. But the week-to-week stuff, the monthly stuff, the stuff in between the takeovers, it was fine. It was boring. And and in some way that was good, but like yeah, it wasn't. It, it's not like this. It's not like an episode of Dynamite where it's just like yeah, when it, when it hits, there's just almost nothing better than a really really good episode of Dynamite and 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 seeing people's reactions online and seeing people discuss it and whatnot. So yeah, I, I think that's it. I mean, I guess you would say Ring of Honor. You know, the twenty two thousand five to two thousand seven. I guess is probably the closest. But that's, that's about the range. I, that's about the range. Yeah. I'd say. So that's kind of a different yeah, animal, though, here. altogether. You know what I mean? Like that that yeah. wasn't anything we weren't experiencing that in real time. Like a lot of us were, you know, reading forums or, or waiting till videos dropped like that. that It was just a different universe then. it wasn't us sitting down every single month or every single weekend and going, all right, here we go. It was, you know, going to the ROH forums, the ROH wrestling forums and refreshing to see the results of the show in Dayton and saying, oh, wow, that sounds good. I can't wait to see it in a month or whatever. And then a month later, people getting the DVD. So it's just a different experience uh, with that one. So I don't I I mean, I guess you got to go, I don't know, 97 (laughs) Monday Night Wars basically is where we're at, I guess. Yeah. Where 2000 WWF, I guess, was was solid. 
I mean, where fans are really, and, and I think because fans are really excited about AEW right now, that's, I mean, that's by far the most popular, what do you call it, channel in our Discord is the AEW channel. Oh, blows it away. I'd say New Japan is probably second, and then maybe the flagship. But a, the AEW channel, especially during a Dynamite, and yeah, there's just an excitement, you know, when we do live shows, you know, those chats blow up. And AEW has been great for our business. I mean, and it came at the right time because New Japan stopped being really great for our business. Now, New Japan will still pop up. Look, we do a Wrestle Kingdom live review. It's going to – we're going to make money off of that. You know, that's still going to pop business. But as you've been noting, the reviews are getting less hits, and that's been – and even pre-COVID it was starting. Um, You know, and AEW has come right just at the right time, just, you know – for a behind the curtain uh, reasons for us, you know, people are excited about it and people have been excited about wrestling over the la- over the 10 years that we've done this show. Obviously new Japan, people were super excited about new Japan and, you know, uh, the European and the UK scene was super hot for a while. Let's not touch that dumpster fire right now. <laughs> um, I think every day, people- I, I, real quickly, every day I just get amazed by the UK wrestling scene. It, it is that'll be a else. long conversation. We'll have another time. <laughs> we'll have it another time. Maybe um, maybe next week at, at this point. But yeah, it I is. I don't see it on the I don't see it on the run sheet, Rich. It's not on the uh, run sheet. We have plenty it. to talk about. We'll, we'll um, they're not going to stop being dunces <laughs> by next week. Trust me. <laughs> like we will have plenty to talk about next week. The week after that. The week after that. We, we'll, we'll be okay. We'll, we'll be. I'm sure we'll be fine. We should do a bouncing around the UK with the British Bulldogs theme. It's not a bad idea. Like, it's not the worst idea. And it's just all about fucking. <laughs> because I'll tell you what, there just was some nonsense. Getting, you know, just guys getting. Well, yeah, we can, we can bury progress under the earth. Right. We're never going to talk about any wrestling. We'll have to, we'll have to line it up with the Rev Pro show. So at least cover no, some of our I wrestling. Mean, so yeah, I think it'll work out. We can bury progress under the earth. I'm in the, I'm in the middle of watching the latest Rev Pro show as we speak. It's on pause. Um, there was news out of Riptide this week. I don't know if you saw that. I did. Today. I did. So, well, so we can maybe do that next. It's week. not the worst let's, idea. Yeah, let, let's put it. Let's let's put a pin in there because we got our. The, obviously, the big thing we'll we'll talk about AEW Revolution. We'll preview that next week. Yeah, not a bad idea to. Uh, I'll go bouncing around the uh, the British Isles or whatever the hell. We'll we'll, we'll, we'll have someone come up with it. Yeah, we'll we'll have somebody come up with a clever name for us. So bouncing a cheeky, around the a cheeky name, if you will. So yeah, bouncing around the kingdom, bouncing around the UK. Something. Yeah, we'll do whatever. Yeah, uh, give us some ideas. But uh, I think we could do it. We're coming for you, Grapple Pod. Um, <laughs> we could talk about sex yeah. pests too. All right. <laughs> yeah, you know, we, we just choose not to. Benno doesn't have exclusive rights on uh, on these topics. Um, what was I saying? Yeah. So there's been other hot wrestling in the world. You know, like right now, people who are into Joshi are really into Joshi. I mean, we talk about that a lot. But it's like we haven't had super hot. American wrestling since we started doing this show, WWE has been in a steady state of decline in overall popularity since we've been doing this show. So I think that's, there is an excitement around AEW because circling all the way back to my original point, I think there's a lot of people like me and, and this would probably describe you as well. Although you can correct me if I'm wrong, that really wanted it to be good because we wanted good American wrestling to sink our teeth into and I think they've mostly been able to fill that void. So people are excited about it. 
Um, yeah. So, ten years next year. Yeah, unbelievable. We got to plan something for that. We gotta. Yeah, we'll have to. We'll have to try to do something. Maybe uh, I'll fly my ass down to College Station. We could do a live show and uh, we could. We should rent an arena out for that bad boy, right? I mean, we'll see if we'll see if TK will let us borrow the Daily's place. He probably would, right? I. I mean, you never know. <laughs> it's not. It's not the worst question to ask. Yeah. Worst thing he says is no, right? I ask him questions all the time, and he says no. So, <laughs> so, I, again, it would be no would difference. He would just go no, and then yeah. move on to the next thing. Okay. I ask questions all the time, and he's like, "Nah, not going there." I, you, you know, but you got to throw him out there, you know. Um. So yeah, um, lost my train of thought again. What a weird start to the show. This is a bizarre start. Yeah, let, let's. But we're going to uh, do a lot of AEW later in the show. We will. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to plenty of AEW. We had a lot on the uh, on, on the docket for tonight. Uh, we have AEW. A lot of news and notes about AEW. Of course, the the Paul White news, which we'll talk about. The new AEW show. Uh, all the stuff going on with Riho and, and Thunder Rosa and the, the the women's tournament, which you know you had exclusive news about last week. We'll talk about uh, that coming up uh, this weekend. Uh, briefly touch on the AEW Revolution card. Just kind of go over the card, talk about the matches that are on there. We are going to do an extensive preview next week, and of course we will have an AEW Revolution post show as well, Instant Reaction Live uh, after that show. But that will be next week. So if you're coming here looking for the uh, Revolution preview, that will be next week, not this week. We're just going to briefly kind of talk about the card uh, and move on. We're also going to review WWE Elimination Chamber. Did w- you say WWE hasn't been good consistently in a while, Joe. Well, I present you Elimination Chamber. It wasn't that good. But uh, it was all right. There was some stuff I enjoyed in Elimination Chamber, so we'll talk about that. Uh, New Japan uh, has two shows this weekend because it can't possibly be a day that ends in Y without a New Japan show uh, in front of a uh, molten hot clap crowd. So we'll talk about the two Castle Attack shows coming up this weekend. Also, uh, All Japan Pro Wrestling Excite Series. That was a show they had last week that uh, you and I wanted to touch on. And, and you've actually caught up with a lot of All Japan as well. So we'll talk kind of All Japan, uh, big picture, big news stuff. Uh, Bloodsport 5 as well. That was this past weekend, so we'll cover that. But uh, unfortunately, we do have to start with uh, the, the news that we hate to do on the show, but um, uh, Wrestling Deaths. Uh, and this one caught me by, and I, I think a lot of people by surprise. And this is a character, a figure that I think your average wrestling fan would not be totally aware of, but I think your average flagship listener fan uh, would be more than aware of. And that is the uh, uh, the passing of Josephus. So this is a statement from uh, the NWA. It says, quote, The National Wrestling Alliance is devastated to learn of the passing of Joseph Hudson, better known to fans as Josephus, and the question mark. Uh, Jofus, uh, jo- uh, Joseph has been a pillar of the NWA for many years, whether it was to be the enigmatic en- <laughs> leader of the kingdom of Josephus or the beloved master of the Mongrovian karate uh, we had a, a quote here from uh, Billy Corrigan who says, It's with a heavy heart that I share that my friend and brother in wrestling, Joseph Hudson, has passed away suddenly from, a, uh, from an as-yet undiagnosed medical issue. NWA fans would know him as Josephus, as well as the question mark, where thanks to the great fans of the GPB studios in Atlanta, jo- uh, Joseph was able to receive the kind of support in the ring he'd always dreamt of. He is survived by a young son who he loved dearly, and if anything would pain him about leaving this earth, it would be uh, not being able to be there for his boy. So rest in peace, Joseph. Love to you and Godspeed. So uh, unfortunate news came out, coming out yesterday, uh, the passing of uh, Joseph Hudson, better known as uh, Josephus, uh, to, uh, to the NWA world. And, and yeah, this is a, he's a big figure uh, in this show for uh, quite a few, you know, almost an entire year when we were really covering the NWA. Unlike really anybody else was, we were watching the, every single NWA power. We were covering the pay-per-views. We were covering the stuff. We were really, you know, digging into NWA. And, and, and I really think Josephus and, and 
I, I don't want to kind of put words in your mouth. I'll let you kind of talk uh, about this as well. But you know, one thing that that I think a lot of people have this miscon you know misconstrue us and think that we only like we want wrestler A and wrestler B to come out in black tights, no music, bell ring, and they just kick the fuck out of each other, and that's it. We want that wrestling. We want everybody to be that, and, and that's not true. Like we do like characters. We do like over the top characters. We do like fun, interesting things. And I think Josephus is an interesting case of. A guy who, when you initially saw him, you're thinking, "Oh, this is garbage. What the hell is this stuff? This is not. This is not what I want out of wrestling. This is not going to work. This is yada yada yada, whatever." But a guy that like it works in certain cases. Like we don't hate any sort of like interesting, fun, off the wall characters. Like we we like that when it's done well. We like it when it's done within reason. We like it when it's done with some some purpose and when it's done, you know, yeah, when it's performed by people that know what they're doing and really buy into the gimmick and really do, you know really nail it and 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 that's what i really think that's my lasting legacy of josephus is a guy who i know was wrestling for years and years and years my first exposure to him was in the nwa and the first time i saw him i'm like what the fuck is this this is terrible this is stupid and then you know weeks go by and he's like one of my favorite characters in the nwa he's like really somebody that sticks out in my mind because of how cool and 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 i think how well he played that sort of weirdo cult leader whatever the hell you want to call the josephus gimmick he he nailed it and he did it really well. But uh, what what you know? First off, before uh, we get into kind of the, the breakdown of NWA and Josephus and all that sort of stuff, uh, what are your thoughts on on the news or, or you know the news that we heard yesterday uh, about the passing here? I mean, obviously shocking. It comes out of nowhere. <clears throat> we don't really know anything other than Dutch Mantel saying it may have been a brain aneurysm or a stroke, which is one of those things, you know, um, that just reminds you that. You know, whatever cliche you want to use, tomorrow's not guaranteed, whatever you want to say. I mean, that's just one of those reminders that, you know, something like that could happen to any of us. And um, the the thing about Josephus is, you know, he really got over huge later on as the question mark. And and a lot of people are talking about the question mark. Man, it really bugs me that that original Josephus character that he brought to the NWA in 2017 – where he was kind of this psychotic, cool, calculated, but a little off-kilter college professor. Yeah. Man, that would have gotten over so big in the power era. But it's not like Question Mark didn't. It just got over in a different way. Um, but that character hooked me. That promo is still one of the best, the promo where he challenges Tim Storm or accepts the open challenge of Tim Storm is one of the best wrestling promos overall that I have seen in the last half decade or even last decade. That is, so you're talking about the one, just for the record, that's the one where he's in the studio, right? Where he's like yes. at his college studio or whatever, you know, kind of sitting there, sitting back in his chair. And, and yeah, we'll uh, we'll find a link to that. If, if not, I think uh, we, we re- just I've retweeted tweeted it. it. Yeah. I've tweeted it multiple times. Right. Over the you, last. Could, you could probably find it. But, yeah, go out of your way to watch that one. That That is a masterclass in promo of building, you know, starting, starting at a a point and just building and building and building. And you could just, you go on that journey with him and he starts out like somewhat, you know, somewhat mild mannered. uh, Hey, this is me. But then by the end, he's just a fucking animal that just wants to kill this guy. You know, in three minutes, who this man is, what his motivations are. Even if you never, I knew nothing about Josephus Brody before I saw this promo. I learned a lot since, but he, in three minutes, I knew everything I needed to know about the match, his motivations and who he was. 
It's creepy. The background music is perfect. He's cool and he's calculated, but you can tell that he's sick in the head. It's just incredible. Go watch it. And this is not the man just passed away. So we're throwing roses. No, Rich, go listen to those shows. Time. Go listen to those shows. We were loving it. It's an incredible pro wrestling promo. And really, the whole Tim Storm feud was just such a great classic pro wrestling feud. Did they go out there and have five-star bangers? They did not. Was that the point of it? No. Now, I will say this. The empty arena match, the number one contender empty arena match that they did in the impact zone or whatever, was genuinely a very good match. I think that got votes in our match of the year, if I'm not mistaken. That really was a good match. Now, a lot of shortcuts. It was, you know, empty arena, false count anywhere. But... That may be the best Tim Storm match of this of the end of Tim Storm's NWA run. Um, but yeah, he, he he that incredible sit down promo. I mean, where he takes out the videotape and he's like, "I've been studying, not your matches now, your matches from the past." Mm-hmm. And he takes out that videotape. It's just that whole creepiness to it, you know. And he says, "You're a school teacher, but I'm a college professor." You know, do you know the difference between a college professor and a teacher? And then he gets into the whole thing where he says Tim Storm reminds him of his father who was a drunk and never took care of him. And then his voice, like his tone changes at that point. It is just a brilliant pro wrestling. It's everything I want out of my pro wrestling in that promo. And like Rich just said, it's not just about athletic five-star matches for us. That promo is a perfect example of everything I want out of pro wrestling. It was perfect. It reeled me in, and I became a fan instantly. And, um, you know, that was to build his NWA title challenge of Tim Storm at the uh, Tried and True show. That was not even an NWA show at that point. That uh, You know, one of Crimson's shows. And um, Tim Storm, you know, won that. And then Tim Storm lost the title to Nick Aldis. And that's when Josephus and Tim Storm had the empty arena Falls Count Anywhere match, which was a – it's a great match. It really is. That's on YouTube too, and it has the whole – all the promos that led up to it as well. That's like a 45-minute file, so you can just sit yeah, down. Yeah, right, right, right. And enjoy all of it, including that match, which is a genuinely a really good plunder match. It really is. And uh, then, you know, Josephus wins that, and he gets another title shot in a three-way with Crimson against all this and comes up short again. And then uh, he continues his feud with Tim Storm, and it culminates with the uh, tag team hair match with David Arquette and Tim Storm versus Josephus and the spiritual advisor on the pop-up show. Remember that weird NWA pop-up show they did? I do. Yeah, that was bizarre. <laughs> it was during a very weird period where we didn't know what the hell the NWA was. Pre-power. Yeah, pre-power. Right. Pre-power. So, they were just kind of trying to figure out what the hell they were and where they were going to distribute their stuff before you know we had any idea. So then he – it's when they would run random – you know, shows in conjunction with other companies and the NWA world champ would defend the title on indie shows and stuff. But the NWA YouTube page was like the hub because you had the 10 pounds of gold and all this Josephus stuff. He carried the NWA for that year period. I mean, that six to six to 12 month period, this Josephus, Tim storm feud carried the NWA and it did have our attention. It had other people's attention. Um, so anyway, 
he loses his hair in that match. And I really think that was the end of that version of Josephus when he lost his hair. Because then NWA power begins shortly thereafter. And he's got his hair hasn't grown back yet. And in the early days of the show, he's just a TV jobber. And then he rolls out the question mark character, which nobody expected to get over. They just thought it was going to be a cheesy undercard television gimmick. And, you know, we had people in the NWA telling us at the time, we can't believe this guy. There's there's someone who gets over at the tapings that you'll never believe. We're not going to spoil it. I remember Jim Cornette, who was still working with the NWA at the time on his podcast was saying, there's a character that gets over on the show and none of us understand it, but we're just going to roll with it. <laughs> right, right. And it ended up being the question mark, which they never really intended to, for it to get over as anything meaningful, but it did. And I think that speaks to this wacky talent that this man had. He got the demented college professor gimmick over, and then he gets this masked comedy gimmick over. The guy just understood how to get over. I wasn't a huge fan of Question Mark. I didn't like the Question Mark character. That's a good example of what I don't like in pro wrestling. But there's no denying it was over. you know. And they paired him up with Aaron Stevens. And Aaron Stevens sent out a very nice tweet uh, yesterday as well. And, you know, they were all over the TV because they were over. I mean, what were you going to do? Not put them out there? They Question mark was getting the biggest reactions on the show. So, you know, he, he ended up uh, getting two different, two wildly different characters over. It's just, Rich, it bothers me that the wider audience, the, the power era audience, when a lot of people were paying attention, didn't get to see the Josephus character. In its in its in its peak, because that I that really was great stuff. And again, we were saying it in real time. This isn't the old, you know, say nice things because someone passed. We were saying it in real time, it, and that always bothered me, you know. And and I know he got over in another way, eventually. But man, I I really think that 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 gimmick and that that character came a year too soon. Um. To where mass audiences, well, as much of a mass audience as the NWA. Look, the NWA was pulling hundreds of thousands of views at the peak of NWA power. Oh yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Let's like let's was... yeah, let's not pretend like it wasn't a, a big deal. It it was. I mean, it was it, it was yeah. right it was right there with many of the other kind of YouTube only you know wrestling shows or properties that don't have you know TV. It, it was it was right there. Like, you know what I mean? It was, it's not that far off from what MLW is doing uh, you, yeah. you know, today. So let, let's not pretend it was just this little thing that you, me, and and, and ten other people watched. It, it definitely was not. And, and you know, Cornette ran some people off with his whole thing. But people were watching Power. And, and let me tell you something about him. I'll tell you something else about NWA Power. It helped launch some stars. Ricky Starks, where is he without NWA Power? Yeah, no, he's still probably doing Texas Indies for some reason. So <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's like he just needed the exposure, and, and that was the, the exposure that he needed. And, you know, uh, uh, someone like Zicky Dice, where is he without NWA Power? Where's Thunder Rosa? Without NWA power. I mean, and, and it's like, yes, these are talented people. I mean, Ricky Starks and Thunder Rosa were going to make it regardless. But NWA power sped up the process. It expedited the careers of Ricky Starks and Thunder Rosa, who's still under contract to the NWA, by the way. Uh, someone like Zicky Dice. And, it, and, it, and, and the NWA as a whole 
really amplified this jo- this Josephus Brody, who was just this Tennessee indie wrestler doing a Bruiser Brody gimmick. Right, and and there's actually somebody in the chat room that's bringing up that I I saw him live a few times because he was he did a lot of stuff with uh, Resistance Pro, the uh, Billy Corgan uh, uh, company that um, you know. <laughs> the the precursor to you know one of many uh, Billy Corgan attempts at, at, at wrestling, but uh, you know we covered Resistance Pro when it first started. I mean, honestly, when the show first started, like one of our one of our first few interviews was with uh, Jocks Baron, remember uh, the Booker then yes. Booker of uh, Resistance Pro. That uh, that relationship did not end well, but uh, uh, yeah. we uh, we were able to talk about him when they were kind of on the on the come up. And and I was I went to a bunch of those shows and and. Josephus was on those shows, but I don't think he resonated with me whatsoever. It wasn't until, you know, weeks after I realized, wait a minute, is that the same? Wait, yeah, that's Josephus, the, the Brody guy on, on, that used to watch. It. But he was like, like you said, he was just a generic. And, and that's not to say he wasn't good at the, at the gimmick. He was. He was good at it. But it's just another one of, of many, 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 you know, kind of bruiser Brody kind of fake. You know what I mean? Like, it, it was fine. Like, he did an okay job of it. But it, it, it was night and day compared to when this college professor gimmick came up. And it was like a complete reinvention. And a complete reworking of his entire character and his entire gimmick and everything about him. And it made him stand out. And it made it, it hit the fact that, yeah, bell to bell, once the bell rang, he wasn't a tremendous guy. He a, a tremendous wrestler. He's not a guy that was going to go out there and, and, and put together these just, you know, storybook matches. And these great, like, it wasn't about that, though. It was about getting you in the building, getting you excited. And, and, and you know, in a way that's kind of old school. And in a way that's really cool that he was that kind of talk you into the building type guy. Um, and, and, and yeah, it had us on the show. I mean, we were leading shows off talking about Josephus versus Tim Storm, yeah. which like in what universe, if, if, if not for those promos and if not for what NWA did on YouTube, there is not, we would never in a million years, if there was just a random Josephus versus Tim Storm and we wouldn't know who those two guys were. We would never talk about those guys. And, and, and they became central figures to the show and, and we led the shows off. We were talking about NWA Every single week, and sometimes it was before anything else. Before we talk about WWE, before we talk about New Japan, we would talk about NWA, and 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 it's a lot of that's because of Josephus. Yeah, and he was just too smart and too creative to be a Bruiser Brody knockoff. And eventually, you know, we saw these other creative characters that uh, were much better suited to. So now, look, this is what people don't know: he had a large hand in the behind the scenes of the NWA. He was the, you know, creative mind behind those wacky commercials that they were doing on the show, and uh, and all of that crazy stuff. Because he just has a real, he's just a real creative mind, and and he's a real uh, quirky. He was a real quirky and creative guy. So, and, and obviously, as you just noted, connections to Billy Corgan going back years before Billy Corgan even owned the NWA. So some of Billy Corgan knew and trusted and knew had. Uh, a lot of talent uh, creatively below average wrestler. But again, that wasn't the point. No, and that's that wasn't fine. the point. That wasn't the point with Josephus. That wasn't the point with the question mark it was not the bell to bell. It was the character work. Um, You know, so it's, 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 you know, a loss from that perspective too to the NWA, not just the guy that you saw in front of the camera, but the guy behind the camera. And if, and when the NWA ever returns, they've lost so many key figures. Um, whether it's Dave Lagana with uh, his resignation due to the speaking out or now Josephus and his untimely death and uh, Maureen, the office lady who everybody says was just a godsend and person who did a thousand different jobs. Um, you know, it's going to be tricky. It's going to be a whole different vision if and when the NWA returns. And I have no reason to think that they won't. Um, I know a lot of people think they're dead, but, um, you know, they still have a few wrestlers. You know, they've lost a ton of talent. 
during the pandemic just with contracts running out um, because they were paying people through the pandemic. They weren't paying them a million dollars, but they they were paying people through the pandemic uh, despite that they weren't driving any revenue. But all those contracts have come due and a lot of people have walked. And I don't know what the NWA is going to look like when it returns, but the vision is going to be very different because a lot of the people who were pulling a lot of strings creatively are not going to be with them when they mm-hmm. do return, including yeah. uh, Josephus, who, um, you know, a uh, very creative guy and someone who worked very closely with, with Billy Corgan going back a number of years. So, and, and, and I think Dave Lagana had said something today on Instagram or something that uh, Josephus traveled with him doing all of those, you know, 10 pound of gold videos and, and everything. And he's just another person who had a major hand in the NWA who, who's not going to be around when they come back. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, you know, just a, a a very quirky and talented man, and um, you know, it, it, it's a loss. And we, we've always had a soft spot for every incarnation of the NWA since this show began nine years ago. You know, we kind of were following the NWA and 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 covering it, kind of just I don't know, I don't want to say in a tongue in cheek way, but kind of in a morbid curiosity way yeah well on the show i mean to get you in the frame of reference nine years ago the nwa was still a complete joke it it, it was that it during that's an unbelievably weird period where it was just like every week it was like what are they doing this week like why are they so i don't want to say it was tongue-in-cheek i think it was just you had to cover the just ridiculousness of it weekly it it, it, it was just mind-boggling what would happen every single week and and they'd grab a little bit of momentum they'd get the stuff like you know the adam pierce cole cabana thing and then it'd be turned away when you know what, what what's his face bought the title <laughs> it just you know stripped almighty, and, almighty chic all the almighty chic yeah of course who, who could forget and then yeah the tharp days it was just like every month it was like hey let's check in and see what stupid thing the nwa does is done this week and uh you know it got down to the point where we found out that it was like you know 25 dollars to become an nwa affiliate and it was not hard to, you know send a check to somebody and then you become the nwa whatever you wanted to be and it was just every single week it was like oh my god what just happened is the nwa and and you know i'll give a lot of credit to 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 billy to to, to lagana to josephus to anybody who had anything to do with getting it back there because like you're saying by 2017 2018 like this is a legit promotion that we are talking about and not ironically like talking about legit like these guys belong like they deserve the coverage they're getting they deserve the hits that they're getting they deserve uh to be talked about and that i mean that alone that alone, to be coming from where they were when we started the show to where they were a couple years ago, I mean, it, it is it is night and day, and it just it, it does suck that I don't know I don't know what is going to come down the pike. I don't know what the next incarnation of the NWA is. I don't know if there's a next incarnation of the NWA. I have to believe that that, that, that something will come of it, something will happen. But uh, it is definitely a shame because they they fought like hell to get to this point, and then obviously, you know, 2020 comes and the pandemic hits, and, and, and things just, yeah, go into complete disarray. So I, I hope they can get back on track, because it, it would suck to see them work as hard as they have and, 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 and really have nothing to show for it now. Yeah, the almighty Sheik, a.k.a. Joseph Samael from MLW. Oh, right. Yeah, 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 right. That's the same guy, and he does a great job <laughs> as a heel manager in MLW. But, I mean, yeah, this is how far back we go with, with our show. Like, we, we're this is the pre Bruce Tharp era. And then Tharp got a hold of it with Chris Wanquillo. And then we covered that whole era and then the transition to Corgan. And look, I think NWA and NWA power, sir, you know, it had a very vital role in the scene pre pandemic where, you know, we talked about it helping to launch the careers of talented people. 
who just weren't getting the proper exposure, like your Ricky Starks, your Thunder Rosas, your Zicky Dices. But does somebody like, I mean, does someone like, um, what the hell is his name now? L.A. Knight. Does Eli Drake get another shot, if not for the NWA? No, probably not. And and somebody in the chat room brought up a really interesting one of uh, Eddie Kingston, who I completely forgot was so awesome on NWA Power. And, like, everybody knew that Eddie Kingston was great. But it felt like for a while there, it felt like he didn't think he was great anymore. You know what I mean? Like, and that that has yeah. always been kind of the thing on Eddie Kingston is that he can get down on himself a lot. And and you know he goes to NWA after failing many times to get a tryout with WWE and, and you know doing a tryout and them not hiring him and all these sort of things. And he you know he he you ebb and flow. Eddie Kingston is an ebb and flow type of guy. He's always been that way in his career. You know you can see from his body. You can tell when he's into it and he's ready to go and he's excited. And you can tell when he thinks ah fuck this shit. All right, whatever. Yeah, I'll show up to do your dates or whatever. Because he has a look. He has an attitude about him that. that and that, I'm not saying I'm not like criticizing him for that. Like we all kind of go through that. I mean, I, I, I think you know a lot of us have you know issues with confidence and and and, and can kind of ebb and flow uh, that way. But you know, you saw him in NWA Power, and it's like you know this is a guy who felt like he was at his you know lowest point, and he came out in those NWA Powers and just cut these fucking incredible promos. Oh my god, they were so good. And and I don't you know I don't want to say that that's the exact reason why, but like yeah, you look at the 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 you know the the, the lineage, uh, the track record of of AEW and, and and you know grabbing some guys. NWA, especially you know Cody doing those TV you know TNT title matches. Like, I, I does Eddie Kingston get that TNT title match? I mean, maybe I don't know, maybe, but like, he's fuck NWA sure as hell helped, and and he knocked it out of the park, and now he's one of the best parts of of, of AEW every single week. So, um, yeah, I, I I don't know. Like, it's a it's a great poll by uh, I, I I forgot who did it in the chat room. I, I'm trying to scroll back now and I can't see it, but uh, yeah, whoever pulled out Eddie Kingston, that's a, that's a great poll. Even something like the revival of the Rock and Roll Express, you know, uh, was something that I think everybody enjoyed, and that the NWA had a huge hand in that. They are, an, they were, and can be, and I believe are an important part of the ecosystem, right? They're always they're going to be a feeder for the young talent that they give an opportunity to. They're going to be um, a place for veteran talent to stop in and keep their careers humming, and a place for somebody like Eddie Kingston. Uh, you know, to get uh, some exposure when when maybe things just, uh, you know, it, it's important. You know, it's the NWA, the modern NWA and the power era of the NWA to me has very is very similar to global in the early 90s where global somehow got this TV deal on ESPN and they gave that needed exposure to these guys that needed that one final push lightning kid, Sean Waltman. Jerry Lynn, um, Harlem Heat, as Ebony Experience, guys that were floating around, and and you know, you know, Waltman and Jerry Lynn work in Minnesota Indies, and they were tape, you know, favorites of the tape traders. But Global is really what was that last push that they needed, that last bit of exposure to break through. Uh, same thing with uh, Harlem Heat. Sid found those guys on a Global show and brought them into WCW. You know, that was the connection. I mean, and, and, and there, and there's others and there's, and there's a lot of similarities between global and the NWA just in how they uh, came to be. I mean, the NWA has this, uh, you know, this benefactor and Billy Corgan, who is a wrestling fan and, and wanted to revive this brand where, you know, global had the mystery benefactor and it, it, you can get, again, that's a story for another show. If you want to get into the global stuff and, 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 uh, how you know it was basically the product of a scam, and you know the, the and all the the. I don't even know if you know much about that. 
Do you know much about? I don't. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm. I'm actually waiting to see if you're going to spill the beans. But we can do it on another it's a, show. It's I guess, a wild, but. wild story. Like fake benefactors and money and a money mark that didn't really have any money and just you know and somehow they got on ESPN. But there's a lot of similarities uh, to both, and I think uh, they were both very important to the wrestling ecosystem in their time and place. And yeah, I really do hope. Um, that that the NWA does serve the Corgan version does survive and come back in some form. I even thought those those UWN li- uh, primetime live shows were a nice little diversion during the pandemic, and and you know we got that great Thunder Rosa versus Priscilla Kelly match out of that. Um, so we'll see, but um, you know the, the Josephus passing away, uh, his untimely death, I guess, gave us a chance to talk a little NWA which has been a hallmark of this show since day one. All right, let's uh, get to some other topics here. We'll start out uh, talking AEW stuff here, and I'll just kind of read the uh, first line of this press release because I think this is uh, tells the whole tale here. Uh, as 2021 shapes up to be a year for AEW's biggest shows yet, today the promotion announced that wrestling legend Paul White signed a long-term deal adding yet another universally regarded name to AEW's roster of stars, legends, and upcoming talent. White will have an extensive role within AEW, and on top of his return to the ring, he will serve as commentator on AEW's newest show, AEW Dark Elevation. So we'll, we'll talk about AEW Dark Elevation here in a bit. The big news there, though, uh, for lack of a better term, is the signing of Paul White to a, quote, long-term deal, which I think is interesting wording there. Uh, and they say he will have an important role in AEW, uh, return to the ring, as well as being commentator uh, for that new AEW Dark Elevation show. But uh, what did you make of this news when you saw Paul White, the big show, the giant, making his way uh, to AEW? I mean, it came out of left field. Um I think introducing him first and foremost as a commentator is smart. Uh, They did note on TV that he does have a wrestler's contract as well. And he does have a profile page on the website with a one loss record graphic on it. So look, if he works the occasional match, there's obviously an upside to that as well. Um, I, you know, I don't get the sense that he's ever going to be any kind of full timer or anything like that. It's very similar to Sting in that he'll probably work the occasional match, and I think that's fine. Um, I think that's how you stay out of trouble. I don't even know if he'd want to work regularly, but if you want to do a program once or twice a year with this guy and get something out of you know uh, his name value and his star power, I think that's fine. I'm curious to see how he does as a television commentator. We all know he's shockingly um, uh, good with words and, and a very good talker. Um, more so outside of WWE when he's unscripted, more so than when, um, you know, with the with, he's a good WWE style promo as well. But he really blows people away when he does media appearances and things of that nature. So, um, Crab Rangoon, but he he can. It, 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 I'm interested to see how he does as as a television commentator. I don't even really see much downside. The only downside to this is if he became a weekly television character as a wrestler and was like, you know, beating all the young rallies, but they're not, we know they're not going to do that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's, you know, it's, it's a solid move. So what what do you think? I mean, I think the bigger part of this is the AEW dark elevation show that they're rolling out on Mondays, but I guess talk about Paul white first before we get into that. 
Yeah, to, to me, it's – and he's a guy who does really nothing for me anymore at this point. And I think I speak for you as well. We're like, it doesn't – whatever. It like, yeah, okay, he's big. Okay. Like, I, I've been seeing this guy for, you know, 25 years at this point. It, it, it's I don't fine think either it. one of us are working up dream matches in our No. Head. No, certainly not. But with that said, like, I, I – it'd be disingenuous if I acted like this was not a big deal in, in, in a lot of ways. Because I will tell you, you know, straight up that this news came out. And I got an email from, you know, I, I mentioned that the guy at my work that tells me, hey, did you watch the wrestling? That, that's, you know, old. He's like 55 years old. He just turns on USA on Monday nights and watches the wrestling. And he emails me and goes, what's this? <laughs> like, you know, he's like confused and, and he's not quite sure what's going on. He's like, hey, is so he's on this new company, right? This, the Big Show's on this new company. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. looks like he's uh, signed with the new company. He goes, oh, interesting. When are they on? Is it Wednesday? He goes, oh, okay. And then, you know, today he said, hey, you watched the wrestling last night? Like, that, I thought that was interesting. He's never asked me on a Thursday morning if I've watched the wrestling. So uh, uh, an interesting note there. But there's probably a lot of people like him. I mean, that, that's to me. Well, what- let me tell you something. They did a point three five this week, up from a point three, And they went up about 100,000 viewers as well. And I, I think, look, the announcement of this signing was strategic. Yeah. They did it on purpose to see if it would help bump the number. And it, and it looks like it may have. But, to speak you know, to your point with this yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm just saying, like, it'd be disingenuous for me to say that, like, this guy isn't a big deal. I mean, because he absolutely is. And and this is, to me, this deal, like you said, I, I reserve judgment to say, hey, if he comes out on, you know, <laughs> two weeks from now and punches out Darby Allen and punches out Ricky Starks and, and punches yeah. out, you know, Kenny Omega and pins him for the title, then, yeah, I could say, wow, you guys fucking suck. What the hell are you doing? Like, but... I mean, I, I think I could say that I don't think they're going to do that. I, I feel like they're not going to do that, and I, I think I'm pretty confident saying they're not going to do that. So that's where the th- it kind of changes because there is value in Paul White. There is value in this guy in 2021, and the value in him is that he's fucking Paul White, that he's the big show, that he's this massive human being. He's a popular figure in wrestling history. You can get, you know, he's going to get eyeballs. He's going to draw attention, and, yeah, if you use him in the right way, you use him to, you know, I think the commentator role is perfect to kind of get eyeballs on that new show. I think using him at, at, at you know, press junkets and, and red carpet and stuff obviously works because he's a massive human being, a jump off the page kind of human being. And, and, and yeah, you can use him. There, there's absolutely a value to using him in some way on your TV, in some matches periodically, in some moments periodically. That's perfectly fine. Yeah, if he's coming out there and winning world titles, yeah, I'm going to roll my eyes. I'd roll my eyes as Sting won world titles too. I have no issues with Sting mucking it up with Team Taz and 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 Darby Allen in the mid card. That's fine with me. And that is, I think, the key that a lot of people have a lot of trouble, whether they, disingenuously or not, have a lot of trouble saying, "Oh, well, you you hate when they push old guys, and now you're happy they signed you know Paul White." And it's like, well, yeah, you're allowed to. You know, it's all about how you use these people. It's not about these. It, you you're allowed to have people that have been popular figures in wrestling before, but it's how you use them. If you're going to main event WrestleMania with this guy, if if Paul White is going to you know knock somebody out in main event Revolution instead of John Moxley, yeah, I'd say, wow, that's fucking stupid. What the hell are you guys doing? But he's not going to do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's not what the the plan is with Paul. White so if the plan is to hey we're going to use this guy as a press junkets we're going to use him to get press releases we're going to you know do this sort of stuff with him and and occasionally he'll pop into the ring but you know we're going to use him sparingly we're going to use him in important roles and roles that he you know he really believes in and that sort of stuff then that's perfectly fine I mean that is fine and I think more than anything the biggest factor of this entire thing is that's a shot across the bow I mean that is uh, this is a guy that I Joe if you asked me two months ago and I'm sure if we we had this discussion two months ago and we listed off every guy on the WWE roster that we thought would leave that company at, at some point and join AEW. I have to imagine Big Show was, was far down that list. He had to be the bottom 5% of guys that I thought 
we're going to I mean, it came out of nowhere, but I mean, look, when these guys are free agents, it, it's it's like just like any sport. I mean, most time they're going to take the best offer. And a lot of people have taken the big WWE offers to stay. We've talked about it ad nauseum. This is a guy who got a better offer from the other side, and he took it. I mean, look what Edge did. Edge leveraged it. He he said, I got to go back and talk to Vince, and Vince gave him a better offer, and he signed with WWE. So this could have easily have been Edge if McMahon had offered less. Mm-hmm. You know, in this case, the other side won. I mean, and, and, and we've... You know, WWE has won most of these because, you know, we always hear these stories of guys re-signing. Um, you know, but AEW is going to win a few. I don't know how because WWE could afford to give anybody anything they want. It's it's If they really wanted to, they could prevent AEW from getting anyone. You know, because they could operate with no budget and still be profitable. But the weird thing is now they're cutting back on their contracts is the word. So I don't know what's going on there. Um so that may be why he ended up with the other side because they're not throwing around those big money offers anymore. Um, but yeah, it's, it's like you said, it's not who you sign. It's how you then use them. We talked about it with Matt Cardona. That's the perfect example. People lost their shit when AEW brought in Matt Cardona. But then when you examined it a little closer, it was a five match deal. And he worked a little mid card program with the dark order. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, that, that 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 was fine. That was perfect usage of Matt Cardona. Right, and we said it at the time. Like, you can uh, – WWE has signed every waking – living wrestling body, basically, for the last 20 years. Like, you're, there's not going to be a scenario where you're going to get a guy who has experience that probably has not – worked in the WWE system, worked for WWE, done something with – I mean, like, that, that that's – I mean, yeah, moving forward, it will be a thing. And you will be able to get from other people, but you're getting from the indies or you're getting ex WWE guys. That, that's the only two options you're really going to be able to find for, for a while there. Uh, with, with So, yeah, it's like, you know, this, oh, my God, you can't sign it. You know, oh, it looks so bad if they sign people from WWE. It's like, dude, they, they've had everybody. Like, at some point, you're going to sign people yeah. that used to work for WWE. Like, that, that cannot be a scarlet letter. And if it is, you know, that, that, that says more about you than it says about them or, or the company because, it, again, it's all about the usage. Yeah, if Zach Ryder, if they said, oh, that's that's Ryder Zachard and he's going to come out doing woo-woo-woo and beating everybody, then, yeah, it's going to be dorky. It's going to be TNA style. That's that's People immediately go, oh, well, T- TNA, oh, what's Blank doing in the impact zone? Oh, my God. Forgetting the reason why it was so dorky when, when, when you know, TNA did it is that, you know, they'd say, oh, that's Val, you know, that's the gun, that's Outlaw, and then the Outlaw would go and beat everybody, or Val Venus would go and beat everybody, or, you know, Rikishi would come and beat everybody in his one week that he was there, and they go away. It was, Rikishi, that was... Rikishi came in, and he beat Robert Roode in a tournament. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, what are you doing? That's a, that's a perfect example of what right. we're talking about. You know, Val Venus, too, beating Christopher Daniels, or whatever it was. Um, you know, you have, you're bringing in WWE mid-carders and beating your, like, tentpole guys right exactly like christopher daniels and robert rude are like tna through and through and they're losing the val venus and and rikishi or junior fatu whatever he was at the i think he was junior fatu when they brought him in that's the problem the the equivalency would be bringing in matt cardona and he's beating darby allen you know or he's beating a hangman page someone who's a tentpole someone who's associated with the AEW brand and they didn't do that. He came in and worked a little mid-card program with the Dark Order and worked his five matches and hit the bricks. He was pushed at exactly the level he should have been pushed at. You know. So again, it's how you use them. Big Show, they've made it very clear 
that he's an announcer first. And oh, by the way, he has a wrestler, he has a dual wrestler contract, which just tells you it plants the seed in your head. Oh, this guy is probably going to wrestle someday. That's cool. But they've really, all the pictures, he's in a suit and tie. They're telling you he's going to be in an act. Like that's been the foot. They've been very careful in laying it out and presenting him as a primarily a non-wrestler. Um, and they and in their young history, they have a good track record with these kinds of moves and using people appropriately. So we talk about all the time, it's precedent matters. And I know this company doesn't have a long history, but I trust them to handle situations like this properly until they prove me wrong. So let's uh, so that's the Paul White news. Let's move on to the uh, AEW Dark uh, Elevation. So we have a new TV show uh, from uh, from uh, AEW. I'll read what they say here. Uh, complimenting AEW Dark on Tuesday, AEW Dark Elevation will air Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern on AEW's YouTube channel and will showcase AEW's established and rising stars as well as top independent wrestlers within the industry competing against each other in the ring in pursuit of wins. AEW Dark Evolution will or, or Elevation will also maintain continuity with AEW Dynamite, AEW Dark, AEW pay-per-view shows, and streaming events with wins and losses factoring into each wrestler's ranking within the company so uh you said that that was the bigger news to you so what do you make of uh these new monday show and and for the record this is not the third show that we've long been rumored that tony khan's talked about this is not the quote quote unquote third hour of dynamite that that you know he's kind of talked about uh here and there this is not it this is a separate thing altogether i think this is uh, a long-term play in that and we've i've often wondered when the world gets back to normal what is AEW Dark going to look like? Because Dark used to be two or three matches that were filmed at Dynamite in the arena, and they weren't the preliminary level jobber matches that we get now. They were matches between pushed wrestlers. That's what Dark used to be. I know it's from ancient times, but the original AEW Dark was, you know, just it was it was pushed acts against pushed acts. But I think what has happened in the pandemic era with Dark, with the monster, you know, 17 match, two and a half hour shows, they've discovered that that's a great tool. It kind of is something that landed on their laps that they may not have even ever done. It's sort of like a, a positive byproduct of the pandemic. They've discovered really good talent that they've gone on and signed that initially came into Dark just to do jobs, whether it's your Will Hobbs or your Lee Johnson's. Or you're, uh, you go right down the line. I know there's a bunch of them that I'm probably not thinking of. Nick Camarado is a recent one uh, who appears to be one of those guys now. Uh, Bear Country. You know, so um, they're, they're fine. Alan, Alan Angels is a perfect example. You know, they liked him so much that Kenny Omega wanted to work with him and, and fucking sell a little bit for him. <laughs> and ruin his career and so, ruin his drawing yeah. power forever. So they're probably thinking to themselves, well, shit, we don't want to lose this. This is a great way to recruit talent to look at talent and to find talent. And then if we like them, we can bring them in. We can send them to QT and Cody. We can send them to Matt Seidel. We can, you know, uh, you know, we can, we can, you know, we're finding people with this, but we can't do 17 match darks before dynamite when we're in basketball arenas again. So I think the idea is a W dark will go back to being that, you know, neat and tidy one hour, three matches, filmed before and after dynamite between pushed wrestlers um, with, you know, uh, more 
not that the current dark isn't canon because they do the occasional angles and whatnot. They just don't do a ton of them. But, you know, more focused on the storyline canon and whatnot, what it used to be. And then they're going to continue the pandemic era style of dark with this AEW dark elevation. That's the impression I get. And I think it's a great idea. I just because there is no denying that AEW dark during the pandemic has been an absolute boon to them in a million in a million different ways. So why would you want to stop that? It's been an incredible recruitment tool and developmental tool as well because wrestlers are getting reps. People always say, oh, why is it so long? Because these these wrestlers need reps. You know, it's you can't get everybody on a two hour dynamite, especially these lower prelim wrestlers who aren't ready for a push yet. Right, right. And, and you know, there's – right there, people that, you know, would question that. I, there's some already some success stories, I would say, some tremendous sex, success stories of AEW Dark. There's people that you mentioned, the people that came in and, and, you know, came in for job duty and then they ended up finding out, hey, there's something here. Hey, we got something with this, these people. There's also, you know, your projects. And I think Ty Conti is, is, is probably number one on that list yeah. of someone who I think has improved tremendously through AEW Dark. And, and she's an example of many other people that will, will come through that system over the next year or two or whatever of people that, you know, maybe they're just floating around somewhere. Maybe they're just in some training school somewhere. Maybe they're just independent or maybe they're, you know, whatever, you know, get, go here, have some reps against some top talent, you know, get, get those matches, work in front of the different crowds or potentially work in front of, you know, uh, uh, some different, you know, crowds as different people and some different, you know, arenas and whatnot. But, you know, she, she's one that I would definitely point out and, and I would point out another team as well. And this is somebody that I've seen, I saw live a bunch of times and never saw anything out of this guy was thinking man i don't know about this guy i don't know if this is going to work but i think it has been a success a success of dark so far uh as pillman jr and i think the pillman jr griff garrison team has gotten so much better from working dark and they're working dark every single week and now they're starting to get on the main show and you're starting to say hey wait a minute there's there's something here with these guys and pillman has been working big spots for three years now <laughs> you know what i mean like i've seen him live 15 times probably in my life and it just never worked but you're starting to see that progress a little bit because reps are important working every single week working with different people you know working different style matches is super super important to getting good at wrestling like you know ty conti four or five years in in you know nxt you see kind of nothing really you know you, what you what you see is what you get out of her and now what a six months of dark and it's like wow all right you're seeing some progress you're seeing some different you're seeing her kind of starting to get it a little bit and 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 that's what a program like dark and potentially what dark elevation is going to be able to do for a lot of wrestlers and they'll get the second turner show eventually look it's content what have we learned over the last five years or so what has been the lesson in wrestling wwe is signing billion dollar contracts every time you turn around because they have content so that's the other piece of this it's more content and it's non-essential content. Thank you. If yeah, because th- go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, I know you want to do this. Well, because I've I've seen a lot of people say, "Well, oh my god, another AEW TV show." Well, you're not. You don't have to watch it. <laughs> like you're not forced at gunpoint to watch it. And I think this is the key difference with, with with pro wrestling content. Is yes, we're in an era where that is what the game is: is create content, create content, create content, create content, create. Content. Okay, we know that. The thing though with AEW Dark and AEW Dark Elevation eventually. And, and AEW Dynamite, the difference between all those is there's a hierarchy between all these shows. Your essential, if you're an AEW fan, your essential viewing is Dynamite. You should wa- want to watch Dynamite every single week. And if you want to follow the company, you should watch Dynamite every single week. You should then watch the pay-per-views once every quarter or whatever. You know, that, those are, that's the bare minimum of the essential. If you want to be a super fan, know everything that's going on, you watch Dynamite and you watch the pay-per-views. 
Now, if you want to dig in a little bit more, you have some time, you, you're kind of interested in the developmental wrestling, that's what AEW Dark's for. But you don't have to watch AEW Dark. Just like in the old days of WCW, you didn't have to watch Worldwide. You know what I mean? You could. I, yeah. I loved watching Worldwide. I mean, I fucking watched it because I was an idiot. You know, you didn't have to watch WCW Pro. But if you wanted to say, hey, you know what? I love wrestling. I have some time on my hands. Let me see what the, you know what, what we got on, on, on Worldwide. And sometimes on Worldwide, Randy Savage would pop on down and face Ultimo Dragon for some reason. Why? I don't know. He'd beat him in two minutes or whatever. Or, you know, Ric Flair would go. There's this amazing Ric Flair Super Calo match where he gives Super Calo, like, yeah. ten minutes of offense. And it's fucking incredible. But, like, that's fine. Like, you can watch that. And, and you know, a few weeks ago, John Moxley came out in AEW Dark. And he came out yeah. and beat some guy in a minute. And they said, wow, if, you know, he's getting ready, he's getting seasoned up for Kenny Omega or whatever, you could watch that and go, hey, wow, that's cool. John Moxley was on Dark and he's getting seasoned up for Kenny Omega. But it is unessential to the entire story of Kenny Omega and John Moxley. Nothing right. changes in that story because John Moxley was on Dark. But it's a little thing. If you're watching Dark, you go, yeah, hey, that's kind of cool. So, yeah, it's not essential. And, and this Dark Elevation is less essential than AEW Dark. Which is fine. Yeah. So it's cool. Like, if you really, really are into it, and if you got a ton of time, cool. Here's two other shows that you can watch. If you don't want to watch them, that's fine. AEW is not making you feel like an idiot, and AEW is not making you feel like you're not getting it if you don't watch that show. And that is one of the cardinal sins that a lot of wrestling companies do, is when, when WCW added Thunder all those years ago, it was another essential show that you had to watch because big storylines were going to happen every single week. So it then forced you, ah, fuck, you want two more hours out of my day? You're going to get three hours out of my week. Now you want two more? You want five hours that I have to watch to keep up with your product every single month. Oh, yeah, and then there's also a pay-per-view every single month. And then WWE did that later with SmackDown, where it wasn't the brand split SmackDown, but every, all the important stuff was happening on Raw and SmackDown, and sometimes important stuff were happening on Heat as well. So it's like, motherfucker, I don't have that time to be watching, you know, nine hours of first-run TV to keep up. AEW is not doing that. They're saying, hey, there's Dynamite. That's how you keep up. And then we have Dark, and to a lesser extent, being the Elite, and, and, and Dark Elevation. And there might be little nuggets here and there that, 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 that come in and are interesting and are, you know, might be worthwhile. But at the end of the day, you can watch Dynamite and be fine. And that is the key, and I think that will be the, the, the real key for me, is to just, these shows, let them be, let them exist where they are and let them exist for the purpose that they have, but you don't have to make them essential viewing. And I don't think they're going to do that, and I think they're smart enough to know that that's not the way to go. And that's all, and, and that's fine. And that extra yeah. hour that goes on TNT or whatever, that extra turner hour, that might be essential. And then, yeah. but the it, key is make that an hour. You know what I mean? You're only asking another hour of people for that one. Yeah, and I mean... Unfortunately, and this is what we've talked about with WWE forever, this is how you make money in wrestling now, content. Right. So you almost have to flood the market. It's not good. It's not a good thing. But if you want to make money in pro wrestling, it's getting rights fees for content. And that's the rub. And that's, you know. Um, now, I loved – I always watched WCW Pro and Worldwide because I love that style of wrestling, which is why I watch Dark just about every week. Mm -hmm. Do I make it through the whole two hours? Not always. Why? Because it's not essential. It's background. Dude, I, I love yeah. the best part about Dark is I throw it on and I just put it on. I put it on my TV. I, I, I crank up the volume kind of loud. And then I go, I do the dishes. I come back. You know what I mean? Like, and I sit down and I'll watch it for a bit. But then you can leave. You, you can go to the other room. Yeah. You can come back. You know, you can check it out. It, it's not It's not sit down and watch every minute. And, and I love that. Yeah. and But I love that style of wrestling. I love preliminary level matches, lower mid-card guys. I love that stuff. I always have. Um. Yeah, but it, it's not essential. You're not indebted to it. Um, so I think that's what Elevation's going to be. That's going to be a show right up my alley. I know I'm really going to like it. And I think Dark's going to go back to being what it was originally. You know, 
which will be kind of like a B-level show. It'll be like a B-level show with Dynamite being the A show, then Dark. And then the, the Elevation thing is not going to be totally non-essential. You know, if you don't want to see – like this week I was real excited about watching J.J. Garrett because, you know, we talked about how I you know I saw him on the GCW thing and got excited about him. You know, so that – you know, I, I made sure that I watched his match on Dark this week. And that's – I'll do that with Dark too. Like if it's someone I want to see, I'll pay attention. Then a match comes on and I don't care about – yeah, then I'll – you know, like you said, it's background noise. Do whatever I was doing on the laptop or in the house or whatever. And then come back if there's someone else I want to see. So, um, yeah, I, I think – and I, but I think as far as the function that that serves for the company, it's very important. And I think they've learned that. And I think that's been one of the things – in the pandemic that, um, you know, has been a positive to come out of the pandemic for them is that they've discovered that this show format can be very beneficial to them. Uh, one thing I, I did want to note though, and this is something that came up on a Q and a, uh, that I did a few weeks ago on, uh, on patreon.com slash voice of wrestling as well is, uh, somebody asked me, is, is there a possibility that AEW and, and, and the guys that run AEW and all that sort of stuff, is it possible that they stretch themselves too thin? Pretty soon here where, you know, they, they've always been good about saying, hey, it's, you know, it's a group effort. It's a team effort. It's, you know, these guys are in the room. It's the box. It's Kenny. It's Cody. It's it, 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 it's Khan. It's maybe a few other people that, that jump in and have some ideas or whatever. And they're, they're you know, able to kind of book everything and, and, and work it all together and work as a team and, and filter everything through Tony and all that sort of stuff. Like, it, do you have a possibility that, like, maybe signing too many people, having too many other shows, having all this sort of stuff, is it possible that they get stretched too thin? I am Soon. of the opinion. See, I don't. I disagree with just about everyone. I don't think the roster is bloated. I don't think you could ever have enough great talent. I think if, I think if you think someone could help you, you sign them. I don't care how big your roster is at that point. It's like WWE has so many people that they can't even on all of their outlets and shows and NXT branches, they still don't have that's where you see your oversaturated. When you don't even have room to put to get people on TV when you have like eight different shows, then talk to me. Okay? Who on the AEW roster is never getting on TV at this point? I'm not seeing it. I, I think that there's people who don't get on dynamite on a regular basis. But again, I think that's okay. I don't think everyone needs to be on dynamite every week. There's some fans who disagree with that mindset and they're like, oh my God, so-and-so wasn't on TV the last week or two. So what? It's okay to miss somebody. You know, that that's how you don't... So I, I am... I disagree with the idea that their roster is bloated. I don't believe it's bloated at this point in time. And I think they're at a stage in their development where if someone talented comes along, they need to snap them up. Because if they don't, the other place just signed 15 people this week. You can't, you can't think in the terms of, oh, well, what am I going to – no, you just got to get them if you're AEW and you're in the position they're in because the other place is stockpiling them in mothballs so you can't get them, so you can't develop talent. So I don't know if that's – is that answering your question? Well, I just don't believe – it's part of the question, but I also think you know my, the, the one that I brought up there is like 
stretching a little too thin of like, I think that AEW does a great job of sitting down and thinking about their stories, thinking about the wrestler, thinking about the, Hey, this is the six month, you know, uh, a plan for this guy. This is what we want to get to for this show. And that, that sort of stuff. And that's easy to do with one show and 20 guys and a small roster or whatever. But when you start adding on and adding on and adding on and then adding shows, and then adding different hierarchy shows, and then adding a second show and a third hour, do you, do you, do you get worried at any point that they're not going to be able to handle, you know, kind of sitting down and storyboarding that stuff? Cause it's really easy to kind of book five shows on the fly every single week and just say ah fuck it who cares whatever put this guy on there but they've given a little bit more care to what they've done they've given a little bit more you know a smart approach i would say to their booking and 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 leaving some easter eggs here and there and developing and 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 and, you know foreshadowing and getting stories ready do you worry that now with you know another show on their plate and you know another show coming down the pipeline does that maybe wear them a little thin where they don't have the time to kind of sit down and plan stuff out as much well i mean the company's growing so if it's too much content for the team of people they have now to produce. They just have to add on, not just in front of the camera, but behind it. At that point, maybe Tony Khan has to say, okay, I have enough on my plate plotting out dynamite and the pay-per-views and dark. So I am going to um, delegate the second dark show, the developmental show to someone involved in the developmental process, whether it's, you know, I, I'm just throwing, you yeah, know, QT or Cody QT or something. Marshall, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Right. This is your baby. I will, you know, I'll, you, you hand this in to me every Friday. I want you to email me your format for what's it called? Dark evolution. Uh, elevation. I'm going to call it evolution, evolution like a thousand times, but it's elevation. Yes. You, you email me the format for elevation on Friday. I will make whatever changes I deem need to be changed and then we go like you need to delegate the company's growing so yeah i do think if tony khan wants to put all of this on his plate plus with all of his non-wrestling responsibilities by the way the guy has jobs with the soccer team the guy (laughs) has jobs with the jaguars the guy is a owner of other businesses that don't you know he's got a lot he's a busy man so yeah that is a but you know with growth comes hiring more smart people to help you with things and delegation delegation rich i don't know about you i've sat in on more mind-numbingly boring leadership seminars and all this shit that jobs make you do when you're in a leadership position and what do they hammer home more than anything else delegation delegation delegation. don't try to do everything yourself find good people hire good people and delegate that's oh that is the key to business growth. So that would be my answer to that. I don't think growth I'm not going to sit here and say don't grow because you might be stretching yourself too thin. What I would say is grow and find good people to help you with that growth. In my line of work, my bosses never say, "Oh, we have a chance to get, you know, to buy into another dozen restaurants and they're all profitable, but Man, we're going to stretch ourselves too thin. No, you know what they do? They fucking buy them, and then they tell me, go find good people to run them. Mm-hmm. So that's just – I think that's just growth. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, it, it's definitely an interesting thing to, to, to look at here. But uh, all right, so that is Paul White. That is uh, A.W. Dark Elevation, which I will call Evolution uh, at least a few more times. But I'm excited about it as well. Again, I don't watch Dark every single week. Uh, I won't watch Elevation every single week, but uh, fun to have uh, more content and more more ability to get uh, get guys work. And uh, re- real quickly before we move on to our other thing, that that to me is something that 
people are really underrating is is just how because and <laughs> it kind of speaks to a larger point as well is that if if you don't trust the American Indies to kind of build these guys and develop these guys and again I don't want to turn this into a, a you know Joe and Rich rant about the American Indies or whatever but we're now seeing the AEW has realized ah fuck it we'll just do it on our own <laughs> you know what I mean we'll just get yeah. we got our factory we got this show. And they're doing it already. They're just grabbing dudes, putting them on the show. What do you got? Okay, there's something to this guy. Cool, you're you're invited back next week and next week and next week and next week. Oh, now you're a regular part of our show. You know what I mean? Like that, or you know, hey, we're gonna try you. Now nah, it didn't work. All right, goodbye. Have fun. Go go like go elsewhere. They don't have that company that they trust. Clearly, they, there's not that. You know, we always talk about with Gabe and, and, and WWE. Is WWE tr- trusted Gabe in the Ring of Honor days? They trusted Gabe during the Evolve days. They trusted Gabe during the DGUSA days to say, hey. Gabe, do you think this guy's pretty good? Or, hey, Gabe's booking this guy, so he must be pretty good. AEW clearly doesn't trust anybody to do that right now, nor should they, to be honest. So they're just going to do it themselves, which is fine. WWE has done the same thing, essentially, with, 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 you know, with, with the PC. We'll see if, hopefully, you know, the AEW developmental system is, is a little bit more fruitful. I would say already it, it, it's developed a little bit more fruit than the PC has, uh, a cost relative, you know, in, in terms of return on investment. But, uh, yeah, that, that's what this is. I mean, that, that at the end of the day, it is making their own system here, making their own kind of territorial system in a lot of ways. And and, and that will be the way that new talent gets discovered and new talents gets elevated. So I, I, I'm all for it because. Hey, I mean, for all I know, I don't, I don't even know if Tony Khan books dark now. I mean, I don't know the answer to that. Maybe it, maybe it's already been handed off to someone else. I've no, I, I don't know the answer to that. Sure. So, um, you know, I mean, so who knows? I mean, it, you know, it, it's, it, it, it could be a situation where that's already happening. I don't, I don't know. All right, uh, some other topics here real quick, AEW, then we'll move on to our other stuff. Uh, AEW's uh, Women's Eliminator Tournament deal, uh, Rio versus Thunder Rosa, that is coming up this weekend on BR Live. You've had exclusive news on, on Patreon last week uh, about this. Uh, has anything changed in your mind, and, and have you changed your opinion about this or your thought about this? I The anger, it was kind of interesting. I'm glad, we, we, I'm glad you were able to get that exclusive news and put it out there, and it did get passed around a lot. Uh, as well, which is good, but there was a lot of initial anger about, oh my god, Rio and Thunder Rosa, why are you, I can't believe you're putting on Bleacher Report, oh my god, you're going to be our live, but it seems like that has kind of dissipated a little bit, I don't know if this weekend uh, it's going to pop up again, but uh, do, you, do you have any different thoughts or opinions about that the, the Rio Thunder Rosa uh, uh, thing not being on Dynamite and instead being on BR Live? Well, I mean, I don't know why you would put um, Brandon Cutler and Jake Hager on Bleacher Report and expect people to watch it, so I think People who thought it through. Now, you're always going to have your band of people who just, you know, they're not going to get it. They don't approach wrestling from the business side. And that's fine. Not a, you, not everyone should have to approach wrestling from the business side. But the three matches they chose for this were all strong matches. And that's on purpose because they want people to watch it. And they want the concept to grow. I went into detail. Uh, if you're a subscriber, you can go listen to that. The weekend news update. It's it, you know it's it's uh was posted last Friday. I want to say, um, but I will say this: I think they've done a horrendous job promoting this. I could not believe I watched Dynamite, and they only mentioned this in passing after they showed the highlights of the latest matches from the tournament, and then they showed graphics for the three matches that are on this Bleacher Report special. Not Bleacher Report Live, by the way. Bleacher Report. Oh, sorry, sorry. And. Which I and guess is an issue that the messaging has been a little. The messaging is bad. <laughs> yeah. And and they showed the match graphics and they had Tony say on Bleacher Report this Sunday. They should have been hammering this home the entire two hours. 
every commercial bumper should have been the announcers bringing it up with a graphic or a graphic on the screen. Okay. They have not, they did not promote this well at all on Dynamite. I thought they dropped the ball badly, very badly. Uh, I don't think that they promoted Paul White well enough on Dynamite. He got one mention in passing at the tail end of the show. That's a big news item. Why aren't you broadcasting that immediately to all of your viewers that you signed this guy? Why aren't you broadcasting at every opportunity that you have this huge special coming up on Sunday? They did a horrendous job promoting this. I, I thought I, it was I don't want to. I, I just want to interrupt that. while you're talking about that. The Shaq. Sha- I'm kind of. A, I'm getting a little worried about the Shaq thing too. It's like, guys, you have Shaq on your pay per view. Like, let's go. Let's let's. I mean, yeah. The, the well, the well, Shaq's on TV next week. But I, I think that's what you meant. But I mean, it's well, like, I, have they really promoted that he's going to be Sunday? At, I mean, I know it's on the TV. It's uh, yeah. That, that's what I meant next week. But yeah, they, I don't think they did a good job. Pack, they've done I, little video packages each week. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if that's enough to be honest. But that's yeah, fine. a lot of people have been criticizing that. That they don't they don't feel they've been promoting Shaq hard enough. I thought they really dropped the ball on this Bleacher Report thing. This was their last chance to promote it. That's it. There's nothing between now and Sunday. And uh, you know, if you're just some person watching Dynamite, you know, if you got up to get a drink, or if you just were zoned out, if you were looking at your phone, you have no idea that there's a special on Bleacher Report this Sunday. Now I'm sure they're gonna you know you know, broadcast it on their horrible social media, uh, which is still a problem, by the way. I'm sure they're going to, you know, pump it out all weekend long on Twitter and, and on their other social media accounts. But, man, TV is really where and, – and, you know, I touched on this behind the paywall, but it's the old Paul Heyman theory of focusing on the next thing. Just focus on your next thing and hyper-focus on it and make sure you tell everyone about the next thing you're doing. Not the next four things you're doing, because then your attention gets split, mm-hmm. and 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 uh, and and there's no, there's not focus. You confuse the consumer. I really feel like, uh, look, they have to promote the pay per view. You can't get around that. I get it, but I really feel like with the Bleacher Report special being the next thing up, that there should have been a hard focus on it on Dynamite, and it should have been pounded into your fucking skull that there is a special on Bleacher Report on Sunday. Because if nobody watches this thing, it's going to close off future possibilities of doing these things. Because the Bleacher Report people are going to say, I don't know. This didn't do anything last time. I, I just could not understand the lack of promotion for this. It, it actually angered me and blew my mind a little bit how little it was promoted on Dynamite. So that's that. Coming up this weekend, Rio and Thunder Rosa. And we'll talk about that. Uh, I'm sure next week, obviously, has ramifications for this uh, AEW revolution uh, show which again like i said we will preview it extensively next week we're just going to quickly go over the card here uh just kind of where we're at right now uh where the matches are uh casino battle royal is a big old battle royal uh, bear country dark order dark order inner circle uh top flight private party the very ominous tba is on this match uh, a few tbas on the show so far miro and kip sabian versus orange cassidy and chuck taylor god damn i couldn't <laughs> There's there's not a match I'm I'm looking forward to less than Miro and Kip Sabian versus Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor. I I uh, Miro man, remember when we had to argue with people about Miro being a geek? That was fun. Yeah, but... is anybody still? Into <laughs> it's Miro? weird. I don't see I don't see any. I, I a lot less people saying, "Hey, Miro's doing what he's having. F- he's having fun. He likes what he's doing." Okay, great. He's a fucking dork. So 
great. It's like when Brett Favre would throw four terrible interceptions and people say, he's having fun out there. He's <laughs> great. <good>. I'm glad. <laughs> yeah, but he fucking stinks. Like, he, he lost the game. Like, Miro has, has been yeah. a net negative. I mean, it's just not bring- – look, look, I'm sure at some point they're going to flip the switch on Miro. <laughs> I mean, I'm not as sure as I used to be. I was sure I'm that it was going to be the wedding, but yeah. we're past that, so I don't know anymore. The problem with Miro is you get the sense – that his personality is such that if you allow him to be in like silly comedy stuff like this, that he's just fine with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't see the drive or the passion and I could be, I don't know what goes on behind the scenes, but I, I don't get, and I could be totally off base. I don't get the sense. I get the sense that he's the guy where you have to light the fire under him and then you can get something out of him. But if you just allow him to be lazy and do this bullshit, then he'll be okay with that because he seems like kind of a goofy guy. Like that's his personality. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't have problems just, you know, yucking it up with Chuck Taylor. Like he probably genuinely enjoys this, but you know, you could do that with people who don't have his upside. You know, I, I feel like they should be getting more out of him, but man, I, there's beating a dead horse and then there's beating <laughs> the rotted dead carcass of a dead horse and that's what we're doing yeah, at this point with mid card miro there yeah I'm, I'm when you mentioned the brett Favre just having fun thing I'm, I'm i'm remembering the uh he was a viking at this point right when he threw that pick against uh new orleans Saints. and and yeah. i remember the announcer being like come on man that's the super bowl because <laughs> like yeah brett's just out there just slinging the rock just going ah whatever let me try this throw and it just gets picked off and they go oh, well i guess we're going home and it's like bro like come on just man. a horrendous pass for the city they would have been in the super bowl they were <laughs> right. out marching what was that what was the call i forget what it was it's like what are you come on man it's the super bowl like, it was just a ter- i don't remember the call oh the, the my Viking god radio guy yeah, yeah he was just like, i forget yeah. what he said here one yeah. sec i got the video it, it'll play for it'll play for the listeners here let me see it might play a what are you doing an ad. okay we got an ad right now we'll, we'll let this play I, I need to remember what this call was because it's just a an iconic sports call of all time just like usually it's like you know professional announcer guy being like oh a bad throw by Brett fire but he's just like what come on man like yeah right, let's see what it was again Brett Favre goes back to pass. He pumps. Now he fires over the middle. Intercepted. I can't believe what I'm seeing. Right <laughs> yeah, he goes intercepted. I can't believe what I'm just seeing. By Tracy Porter, near side to the 40, and John Sullivan runs him down at the 47-yard line. You've got to be kidding me. I can't believe what I just saw. <laughs> Looking at that play, he should have just held on to it, Paul. He should have. He could have easily gotten five or six yards if he would have just pulled that thing down and dove forward. But why do you even ponder passing? Yeah, why do you I even mean, ponder you passing? And try a 56-yard field goal. <laughs> this is not Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. Oh, the call. This is not Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. That's it. Yeah. Yes. That's. Yeah. I knew there was a line where he like threw, you know, threw another team under the bus while yeah. also saying, "Yeah." He goes, "Why did you take a knee? It's the. It's not Detroit. It's the Super Bowl, man." <laughs> like, yeah. As Brett Favre's throwing across his body, you know, 40 yards downfield. Oh, That's man. Miro out there. Yeah, right. Cap, <laughs> right. You know, it's a. Uh, the, the thing is, there's a segment of the AEW fan base that obviously enjoys this fucking nonsense. Okay, I get it. It doesn't have to be for me, but it doesn't have to be him in the role. Yeah. That's all. You well, want to have I'm Chuck done. Taylor and really. Casting? You know, I'm, I'm done caring about him. Really, I, I'll, I'll wait. It's impossible to care about him. You know, at least for what we want out of our wrestling, it's impossible to care about him. Uh, anyway, we have Face of the Revolution ladder match. Future TNT title shot here. Cody Rhodes, Scorpio Sky, Penta, Lance Archer. We have a match next week. Ten versus Max Caster. One of those guys will get into the ladder match. And there is also, I believe, a TBA 
uh, as well. So we'll see what happens uh, with that match next week. A big money match, Joe. A big money match. Adam Page uh, versus Matt Hardy. Uh, AEW Women's World Title, Hikaru Shida versus the tournament winner, which again we'll talk about next week uh, in relation to the uh, Riho Thunder Rosa thing. A street fight, Team Taz versus Darby Allen and Sting, a match I'm very excited about now after seeing this week's uh, Dynamite. Uh, AEW World Tag Team Titles, the Young Bucks versus Chris Jericho and MJF. And then finally in your main event, Exploding Barbed Wire Deathmatch, AEW World Title, Kenny Omega versus John Moxley. You, of course, did the Thursday tier reviews this week. Uh, you can hear your breakdown of Dynamite. So if you're listening to this live, you can go listen to that afterwards. If you're listening to this on demand, uh, $5 tier for the Thursday tier reviews over at patreon.com slash Voices of Wrestling. And again, as we said, we'll do an extensive preview of uh, Revolution next week. And then also immediately following Revolution, $10 tier, instant reaction live. Uh, Joe and I, minutes after Revolution goes off the air, talking about it, reacting to the show, giving our ratings, doing all that sort of stuff. Uh, that is going to happen next Sunday then. so I think... Someone mentioned in the chat that they did mention that Paul White will be like introducing Mox or something next week on TV. They did, but here's the thing: I presume you're paying Paul White a lot of money, right? Because you want a bidding war for him. Wouldn't you want to make sure that you get that message out at the open? Look, Moxley opened the show. If Paul White's going to be involved with Moxley next week, why not tell the audience that at the top of the show when Moxley's hitting the ring? Why not tell the audience that at the top of the hour when nearly every week that's when the mo- that's when you have your biggest audience at the top of the hour? And then why not tell people that – well, they did it for the main event. That's when they did mention it, right before the main event. So I'll give them credit for that. But why aren't you hammering home that Paul White is going to be on Dynamite next week at, at the open of the show and the top of the hour as well? Rich, it takes 10 seconds for Jim Ross to say that or to put a graphic on the screen. You know, I, I don't know why you wouldn't have blasted that information out. And I don't know why you'd have a Bleacher Report special that is very important if you want to keep doing more of these, that it does well, and you barely tell the audience what's going on this Sunday. I right. Just think- and, and I know one of the re- – I'm sure a lot of people will, uh, that are listening to this are going, well, it was taped last week. That's fine. Get fucking Tony Schiavone to do a pre-tape and throw it into and, the look, fucking – yeah, it's not that hard. Yeah, it was a pre-tape. When they told us about it, it was a pre-tape. It right. was the highlights of the women's story. So do three pre-tapes. <laughs> exactly, right, right. I just you – know, I know that reaction is going to come. I was like, taped it last week. They maybe didn't know. And it's like, well, okay, sit Tony Schiavone down. And when he's doing the highlights of the women's match, have him say, hey, fucking talk about Paul White coming to the show. Boom, done. <laughs> like, let's go. Like, it's not- Yeah, I mean, it, this isn't – you know, this is post-production, man. You could do whatever you need to do. So, um, yeah, anyway, that – yeah. I'm glad I had a chance to go on that rant, but we'll do a more thorough uh, preview of the Revolution card next week because uh, it's not happening until the seventh. So, yep. I had some other AEW point I wanted to make, but now I'm frustrated and I forgot. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking matter. Uh, Maybe did it matter? Or I mean, it may have mattered. Um, Let's not say it didn't matter. It, It could have. You know what it was? It was I was going to praise the structure of their television shows over the last month. But I did 20 minutes of it behind the paywall. So go there. $5 tier. Look at that. Oh, what a, what a tease you. (laughs) Unbelievable. Thursday TV reviews because there was no MLW this week. So it's a full hour on dynamite. So I needed topics. So I went deeper on the ratings. I talked about the month. We, I dug deep on the monthly ratings year over year since the end of February. And I talk about how, the recent structure of the dynamites, I think, has been very, very beneficial uh, 
and making other aspects of the company feel more important. I'll leave it at that as a teaser. But um, if you want to listen to what I think of the current structure of Dynamite, because they're doing more lower mid-card guys getting beat by pushed guys on Dynamite. And they never – the Dynamite cards haven't looked great on paper, but they've delivered on Wednesdays. So if you want to hear me pontificate on that and go deep on it, $5 tier. There it is. Patreon.com slash Voice of Wrestling. All right. Let us get to the Elimination Chamber, WWE's, uh the final, at least in America, pay-per-view on the World Wrestling Entertainment Network. Although, um, I don't know. <laughs> it's it's very confusing. I'm sure they, 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 the, the messaging has been very weird for what's going on with Fastlane where uh, they, they had to say, and they have to say this because obviously the WWE Network is still alive and elsewhere, you know, other places other than the United States. But uh, I do find it funny when they say, hey, uh, Fastlane is going to be on uh, Peacock. Oh, and also the WWE Network. And it's just like, I, I'm sure there are people. We know, listeners to the show that are smart wrestling fans know the difference, but your John Q public wrestling fan is probably so fucking confused and is going to be annoyed as hell when they go on, some, you know, whatever the date is of, of Fastlane, sit down, turn on the WWE Network, and find that, A, it's not on the show or that the fucking network's disappeared or gone or deleted or whatever because it, it's been the rollout of, of, of this Peacock thing. It's We're not there yet. It's not We don't know exactly how it's going, but we have gotten some reports and some people have kind of said, hey, you know, I did this or, you know, I canceled my network. I did this. I did that. There was the the notice that, you know, Peacock might not be just immediately moving everyone's accounts over and that you instead have to sign up for Peacock. Like this, <laughs> dude, I, I don't know how this is going to go. We'll see. There's obviously plenty of time, but we, we're counting the days down here. We're getting ever so close uh, to this launch. And I, no signs that I see had me thinking very positively about this, this move over to Peacock, but we'll see. No, it it sure feels like a shit show now, and I'm sure they're going to turn up the dial on it as we get closer. Maybe they're waiting to get closer because, as you know, they think their audience is very stupid. So um, I think they might be waiting till we get a little closer to it, um, you know, and, and try to get everybody to move over whatever it is they're going to do all at once. And instead of just – now, I would not take that tax. I would be telling people starting now what they need to do to ensure that they don't miss a day of their subscription and, you know, uh, the steps that need to be taken, whether there need to be steps taken at all. If it's going to just be a transition where you're converted to Peacock, which I highly doubt, tell people that. If people need to sign up for Peacock now, tell people that. Is it possible that they don't know and that's why they're not telling anybody? Absolutely. Yeah. that That's the part that's got me a little worried is is I don't know that they know. I don't know that anybody knows right now how to get this thing. Why didn't Peacock do something where it's like, this is what I would have done if I was Peacock. If you're an existing WWE Network customer and you do not have a current Peacock subscription, you can sign up for Peacock right now and it will be free until April 1st. At that point, we will begin charging you and you won't miss a minute of the WWE action. Simple. That Problem solved. And then have them blast that out on Raw and SmackDown every week until April 1st. You know what I mean? It's like you lose out on a couple bucks the first month, but then all those people are in. They all get charged on April 1st, and they're, they're, they're all going to want to watch WrestleMania. I, I just um, – I don't know. I don't. I think the answer – I think you just nailed it, though. They just don't know. I'm sure, yeah. I, I don't know if they think that they're just going to be able to do some database copy and paste here, and everyone's going to have a Peacock account that had a WWE Network account, or uh, – yeah, it is – I don't think it's going to go smooth. I, I, I'm, I'm on record. I was on record months ago not thinking this thing was going to go smooth. And, and as we draw ever so closer, I, uh, I, I'm not 
I don't know. I'm <laughs> not feeling it I've got, let me whatsoever. I've got six TVs and six fire sticks and Peacock's not even available on fire stick. I mean, I don't watch wrestling on a laptop if I can help it. Mm-hmm. If I can watch it on a TV, I'm watching it on a TV. Who's that, who's your cable? Your, your direct TV, right? Direct TV. Hmm. Do they have it built in or no? I don't know. Probably not. I mean, Probably I have Comcast, not. which obviously yeah. is you know funding this thing. So uh, for me, yeah. I have it built into my my cable box. But uh, well, listen, yeah. I can get Peacock on my laptop. I can right. get Peacock on my phone, but I don't I don't consume wrestling that way. If I could help it, I, listen, I don't buy thousand dollar sixty inch TVs to watch wrestling on a fucking twelve inch screen. I, I I don't I just don't operate like that. I understand some people prefer laptop screens or whatever to consume their media. I don't. I rather. But it's like that's a big drawback for me. You know, I don't even have the app available to me. So that's a problem. I'm also worried. I'm real worried because of something Dave Meltzer hinted at. That the archive is not going to be the same or not exist at all. Oh, dude. I I remember when we had that first discussion. Yeah. I I, from day one, I thought that this fucking archive was going to get just massacred in this transition. So he's like, Oh, I heard something about the archive, but I don't have it certain yet. So I can't say yeah. that's ominous. That's that's it's fucking done. That's, <laughs> that, that's you're getting WWE, WCW and maybe ECW. Probably not. You're getting WWE and WCW and you're liking it. That's it. I don't even know if you're getting an archive. I think you might be getting raw SmackDown, the NXTs, the pay-per-views and like, you know, not cool with Alexa bliss. Yeah. And, <laughs> WWE and icons. Yeah. WWE, the bump. And I, WWE's the bump. Come on. WWE's the bump. And it's not on the network. It's on YouTube. God damn it. I'm going to tell you right now, if we didn't do this show, there's no way I'm paying for that. I, no interest. Because I wouldn't be watching these fucking pay-per-views. If, we <laughs> if it wasn't show. for this stupid-ass show we've done for nine years. Going I'm on ten. Yeah. I'm paying for the network for the fucking archive. Right. I'm paying for Wrestling Challenge and fucking, yeah. yeah. And every pay-per-view ever. And basically... 70% of the history of American wrestling. That's what I'm paying for. And honestly, I'd pay double. I'm pretty sure I'd pay. Would you pay $20 a month for that? I might. Uh, oh, oh, easily. I'd pay 20, 30 bucks a month. Easily. I would. I mean, I would be- for just the archive. Yeah. If, it, if, if they said, well, yeah, okay. You, we'll take your $20, sir, but you're not going to get the live pay-per-views. You're not going to, I'm saying fucking, I don't care. Give me, give me the, yeah, I don't need any of that shit. I don't need anything live. I don't need a live stream. I need, I will give you $20 a month to give me every pay-per-view and every little, yeah, absolutely. No question. 20 to 30 bucks easily. And I know there's some Gen Z motherfucker screaming into their radio right now saying, you can download all that stuff for free. Listen, I like to convenience. It's just a lot easier. I don't care. I like to turn on my fucking TV and press a fucking button and watch 1996 World War III, okay? I don't want to have to search for it on some CD fucking uh, 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 fucking cedar and feeder site and have to keep my ratio up. I don't want to deal with it. I'd rather pay the $20 and turn on my TV and put on an episode of ECW. Right. I, you know, I, I am like you as well that I now have – I've acquired a TV basically in every single room. And you know what? Sometimes I like sitting down on my fucking couch hitting two buttons and watching – yeah, watching fucking Wrestling Challenge from 1987. Sometimes I like – I have a bike outside. I, have a, I, I converted my mountain bike into an indoor bike. For the winter. And you know what I like to do? Sometimes I like to bike and just watch some fucking old wrestling. So I go on there. I turn on the TV. Two clicks. Hit a button. And boom, there's the fucking episode of Superstars from 1992. 
Sometimes I'm, I'm on my phone wandering around the cemetery at work <laughs> during my lunch hour to get, you know, to, 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 you know, get some exercise in the middle of the day. And sometimes I like to watch Yokozuna WWE icons while I'm walking around the fucking cemetery. You know what I mean? Like, I, yes. I, I don't need, I know, I know. Oh, we'll get a Plex server and a, and, and this. I know. Sometimes oh, I just want to, I'll give you $20 to do the work for me. Here. Yes. <laughs> like, I'm a wor- exactly. I work way too damn hard to work hard to watch my content. No, I already work hard enough. 12 hours a fucking day when I want to just have leisure time. I just want to do the simplest amount of things that I need to, to watch something like, yeah, uh, there's torrent packs. There's torrent packs for <laughs> wrestling. I'm not interested in your torrent packs. Okay. And, and, and downloading this CD shit on my laptop and then having to figure out how to get it from my laptop to my TV. With a Plex server, which doesn't work half the time, by the way. Yeah. Oh, okay. I've done the I've I've done the Plex server thing, by the way. I've tried, and it yeah, it fucking never works uh, for me. So I have the fastest internet on the face of the earth. <laughs> right. I have the I have, a, believe me, okay. I don't have I don't I don't skimp on things. It doesn't fucking work half the time. Okay. I understand Chromecast. Look, I get, it, but it's just so much easier. I ra- I pay money for everything for the convenience of it. Okay. So it's gonna fucking bother me when this stuff is gone. And, you know, I, if it's there and it's convenient, I'm going to watch it. I don't know if I'm going out of my way to download fucking torrent packs of whatever the fuck. But if it's there, I'll, I'll watch it. And if I, if I need a quick reference to go watch a match or a show for my own personal enjoyment or for this show, it's right there and it's so easy. The network is fucking great. I would never besmirch the network. I love it. It's like the best thing to happen to me. Well, TLB too. In years, is this fucking WWE <laughs> neck and neck. It's, it's it's one and one. Yeah, I, I'm the same man. I know it's Rich, it's great. You want a first world problem? I haven't been this anxious about something, meaning WWE Network archive going away in years in my life. I haven't been this anxious and nervous and 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 upset about something uh, uh, as much as the unknown of the future of the WWE Network. If that's not a glowing example of my fucking privilege or whatever the world say, <laughs> right. then I don't know what is because I don't have any cares in this fucking world. I don't worry about things. You know me. I'm just like, ah, fuck it. Whatever will be, will be. Okay, and I'm very lucky to have a very easy life, I guess. This is what makes me anxious. Losing all of this. I, it keeps me up in the bed at night. I'm like thinking about it. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, I can't believe it. What are they going to do with this archive? These are the things I Dude, worry about. You know me, and this is uh, we we've made it part. Of, it's part of our business now, for right or wrong. I mean, we we you yes. know with November to remember, with my re, you know uh, VOW retro stuff, doing the monthly things, doing you know uh, yeah, it fucking it could hurt our business. So we'll see. I, I'm 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 just as anxious as you are, man. I know it sucks. Let's hope we'll see. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> It's WWE Elimination Chamber, the last true uh, pay-per-view of the U.S. WWE Network era uh, that was uh, last Sunday. Uh, all in all, what would you think of uh, WWE's Elimination Chamber? I think the run of excellent – look, WWE had a nice little run of pay-per-views and takeovers, mm-hmm. maybe like three, two or three shows in a row, and this ended that abruptly. This wasn't yeah. – uh, look, this, this show didn't like fucking stink. Maybe it did stink. Did it stink? Um, mm, you know what? I I didn't think it stunk, and then I did think it stunk. So ultimately, I think it stunk. Yeah, I, <laughs> there's a point where I was like, yeah, this thing's pretty good. Uh, that was after the first match, <laughs> and then after that, I think it stunk. So uh, yeah, I, I think it did kind of stink, actually. 
Yeah, it may have stunk. Yeah, because I'm looking, the last four matches, or last three, you know, full matches kind of stunk. So, yeah, it stunk. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I guess we'll go through it. <laughs> People are... You, know, remember, you know what's actually the best part about this? Is Sunday night, the Miz, you know, leaves Elimination Chamber as your champion. Joe, I completely forgot he was the champion. It's so I'm reading these notes and I'm looking. The Miz defeats the Drew McIntyre. What? Like, nobody can... Like, that stuff used to keep people talking for weeks on end. These dumb shit things they do. This was like... It had like a three-hour shelf life and the people were just like, ah, whatever. You know what I mean? Did you remember that the Miz was WWE champion? Um... I, mean, I, I completely forgot until I'm reading these notes, and I'm going, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, The Miz, yeah, right, The Miz is the champion. Like, like that would lead off our show, you know what I mean? Oh, my God, these guys yeah, are so I, stupid. It's like, Well, it's not leading off our show because it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah, it's like, it's like nothing matters anyway. It's like, oh, yeah, well, whatever, who cares? And do you notice other, rev- other big-time reviewers are catching up to us now? You're hearing it more and more from your John Pollocks and your Brian Alvarez's and your – where they're just like – they're throwing their hands in the middle of reviews and saying, ah, but you know what? What are we doing? This doesn't right, matter. Yeah, why are we bothering they, spending our time doing this? They are where we were like three years ago, like where, you know, where it's like we just stop in the middle of a conversation and say, Rich, why are we doing this? Like that's what they're doing now. None of it fucking matters. Like how can you be genuinely upset or excited – about the Miz being champion. <laughs> about Mike the Miz. <laughs> it doesn't fucking matter. Like, who cares? Like, it does not fucking matter. Yeah, and I get it. Like, he's going to lose to Lashley. It's going to be Lashley and McIntyre in some incarnation at the end of the day. I think we all understand that. But even if it isn't, who cares? It does not fucking matter. Why would anyone get worked up about this for any reason whatsoever? Like, why? How could this possibly bother you at this point? Yeah, that's that's where they're at for sure. I just, People yeah. who like because if you like WWE, if you're one of these psychopaths who still enjoys watching this company, then you probably like stuff like this. So that it wouldn't bother you. You like that nothing like all you know is wrestling that doesn't mean anything. So from that perspective, if you're anyone else who still likes good wrestling, why would it, you know that it doesn't mean anything? I didn't come away with this with any emotion whatsoever. No, no, zero. Yeah, I, there, there's some things that I, I was annoyed about, but not that the Miz won the title. But we'll, we'll talk about those things that kind of annoyed me on a basic sense where I thought, oh, well, I mean, you didn't establish this. Or you didn't. And then, I again, I always catch myself and I'm thinking, oh, man, but they – and then I'm like, ah, whatever. <laughs> Who cares? It doesn't yeah. matter because they don't think about it backstage. Why do I think – why am I spending even a second of my life thinking about it? Nobody cares either. Nobody that listens to the show cares about WWE anymore. It's, it's, it's fantastic. But uh, Oddly, I think this is one that they did think about and they have thought it through. Because well, I, do I will. Well, I'll give it. Yeah, it's not. It's not the Miz win, but there's something that happened in the build up to the Miz win that I thought okay. was was interesting. That what's we'll, that? We'll, we'll give it a. Oh, we're gonna get to that. Okay, we'll we'll, we'll get to that. Well, because it, it it works in the context of the show itself. Okay, let's. Uh, we'll we'll just go right down the list here. Uh, we'll start with the opener, Universal Title, uh, number one contenders, Elimination Chamber matches for a, ti- a, a title match against Roman Reigns. Uh, following the match, uh, Dan O'Brien wins. He defeats Cesaro, Jey Uso, Kevin Owens, King Corbin. And Sami Zayn. Uh, I thought this was tremendous as far as Elimination Chamber matches go. Uh, the guys that were good wrestlers got a lot of time to be good wrestlers. Uh, the intervals were very long, which is 
uh, annoying at some points, but also kind of cool because it let us have Dan O'Brien and Cesaro for like five minutes. Let us have, you know, Dan O'Brien, Kevin Owens sequences. Let us have Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn sequences. They let Jey Uso uh, do some pretty fun stuff. And also King Corbin was in the match. So um, I don't know. I, I, I like this a lot. I thought this was a really good Elimination Chamber match. There will be people such as Rich Krage who will tell you that this was a good Elimination Chamber match. Don't listen to those people. <laughs> this was a good closing stretch of an Elimination Chamber match. Um, but as a whole, ah, it's fine, I guess. I mean, do you notice in these Elimination Chambers, they're booking them like Royal Rumbles now, where as soon as somebody goes on a hot run, you know they're getting eliminated. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just so lazy. You know, they're booking them just like, just like you know, the Royal Rumble. It'll be like the parting of the fucking Red Sea. And Kofi Kingston or whoever the fuck will clean house and start fucking paradise jamming people. It's, he, it's not the paradise jam. What does he call his I don't uh, know. I don't thunder care. in paradise? Whatever he calls <laughs> thunder in paradise. Wacky, Let's go with that. Yeah, his kicky do. Whatever he calls his kicky do. Uh, trouble in paradise. Trouble, trouble in paradise. paradise. He'll start giving trouble in paradise to everybody. <laughs> I don't, know, I don't know if that's actually the name of it. Don't. Uh, he don't might throw somebody that. out. Everyone knows what we're talking about. It does not fucking matter. <laughs> he might throw someone out. You know. He's going to take a boot to the face within 30 seconds and get thrown out himself by whoever the fuck. That's how they book these elimination chambers now, too. Baron Corbin cleans house. Promptly eliminated. Fiery babyface Baron Corbin, by the way. That, that The booking of this was a little weird because he comes in in a two-on-one advantage. He's just fighting them off. He's a boom, 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 boom. It's like Cesaro and Daniel Bryan. He comes out. He just starts beating on these guys, beating on him, beating on him, beating on him, taking him down, taking him down. I'm like, yeah, let's go, King Corbin. Let's go, buddy. Like, yeah. What are they doing? <laughs> like, yeah. I, but you're right. I, yeah. It's like he's a ball of fire and then he's fucking out. Yeah. It's just, yeah. It's... Yeah. Because they can never <laughs> they just put people they over. They fucking suck, Joe. They're terrible. It always has to be. Okay. He's going to lose, so we have to make sure he looks good. Right. Then no one looks good. Yeah. 50-50. Everybody's got to be 50-50 and nobody ever gets over. It's perfect. Even in something like this. But you know what? They're probably right to do it. Because last year, they had Shayna Baszler buzzsaw everyone. And their fan base did nothing but cry and whine about it. These stupid, moronic <laughs> dipshits who still enjoy this company. Do you remember that? I do. Did nothing but whine and cry about it. Because someone was actually booked strong and uh, fucking, you know, wah, wah. Uh, uh, whoever, the, I don't even remember who else was in the fucking match. Uh, probably, probably Naomi. Yeah, probably like Ruby Riot or something like that. I'm, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, I'm sure it was, yeah, she beat up Liv Morgan and Ruby Riot and, and uh... Yeah, yeah, only Liv once and Ruby Riot and fucking Naomi and all these other people who were vastly just overrated as fuck. Like, you know, they cried about it because these people look bad. It's called a push. It's called a push. That's how you make someone look good. It's what they're doing with Bobby Lashley right now for once. And their fan base whined and cried about it. To the point that they stopped Baszler's push. It's incredible. It doesn't help when Vince McMahon's not behind you either. Okay? There's that small detail. But the fan backlash didn't help. So now, I don't blame them. They just give these morons, these these complete idiots who still enjoy this shit. They just give them what they want. And book everybody even. Because God forbid we have somebody on the $1 tier of a meme. Because everyone's the same. And everyone deserves the same respect. And there's no such thing. We're all equal. Their own talent complains about this shit. 
Yeah, you can't have Carmella thinking she's not on the same level as Sasha Banks. We can't have that. We're all, we all have value in our own way. So that I, who can blame them? The talent doesn't understand. The talent doesn't get it. Their idiotic fan base doesn't get it. So I throw my hands too and just book everybody exactly the same. The fuck is the difference? Just make them happy. Keep pumping out the content. It's all that matters anyway. So why listen to, you know, why do something creative? It, it doesn't fucking matter. Someone's going to buy it for a billion dollars anyway. So why, why rile up the fucking stance? <laughs> why do it? And, and, and the biggest marks are in the locker room. Whining about the $1 tier. Makes you sick. I thought it was a good elimination chamber match. But... For the, the the baseline, we'll talk about it, the two elimination chamber matches. I thought this one blew away the, the main event, uh, quote-unquote main event uh, elimination chamber match. It but... was much better than the main event elimination yeah, chamber Yeah, that one I'm going to bury I'm... a lot because there was a I lot of I don't think it stunk. I just think the, the closing stretch carried it. That's all. Yeah, that's and, awesome. and that's fair. So Daniel Bryan gets the win. Uh, he faces Roman Reigns, head of the table, Roman Reigns, in case uh, you didn't know. Which I love that he comes out in the, 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 the graphic on the screen. But he comes out in the Thunderdome and says, head of the table, in case you're not sure. You know, you didn't get it, that he's the head of the table. Uh, he lets you know very quickly that he's the head of the table. Uh, and he beats St. O'Brien in a minute 36. So Yeah, this is the Roman story. Like he's the, you know, the guy with the false confidence to make sure everything falls in his way. So he has this huge, yeah, that's, that's the essence of his character. You know, it's false bravado is what it is. He's insecure. He's insecure. So it's always the stack decked. This started off with so much potential. The Roman Reigns heel thing. And then it just went down this road. And now I have no interest in it. I just, it's just your usual typical, it's a typical WWE, you know, heel. It's not interesting anymore. It's just not interesting anymore. And then he sit. I don't know how you, – you never watch SmackDown, right? God, no. No. So he sits in like this big chair. I see highlights. Yeah, I, I know I know of the chair that you're speaking of. Yes. So he sits in the chair with that look on his – that stoic look on his face, you know. And he talks real low like this. And he says things. And then Paul Heyman's eyes bug out of his head like he's terrified. Because Roman's like a mob. He's like a mob yeah, boss yeah, yeah. in a really bad, like, B movie. Like, not the way a real mob boss would behave. The caricature of a mob boss. Do you know the difference? That, oh, yeah. It's of course. Like, yeah, yeah. So he's like the caricature of a mob boss from a really bad mob movie made on a low budget. And Paul Heyman acts terrified at every word that he says. And the Uso acts terrified. <laughs> Jay. It's, it's Jay. It's Jay. Acts terrified at every word he said. Like, they're all scared of Roman, right? It's so corny and over the top. Like, it's just, it's not interesting anymore, you know? And um, <coughs> sorry for all the coughing. Number one, I might have the thing. Number two, I'm terrified to mute my mic because that's when that awful sound happens that I can't stop. And uh, I can't do that to, to Rich. Um, so you have to deal with my coughing. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it, so he beat Daniel Bryan in a minute because Daniel Bryan was worn down from the. It, it's lazy, reductive, boring 
WWE storytelling. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. That was repeated. But again, how could you possibly get worked up or care? Right. Cares? And it was repeated it, it, exactly later in the night as well. Just so the, the people call yeah. this foreshadowing is that they had Daniel Bryan lose in a minute 36. The, you know, it foreshadowed that Drew McIntyre potentially losing later in the night. So whatever. Uh, anyway, U.S. title triple threat match. Riddle wins the title, <laughs> which is just perfect. Just the chef's kiss of how you push this guy. Is have him lose every fucking week. Look like an absolute fucking geek. And then he wins the title because, well. Whatever. It's time for him to win the title. Uh, Bobby Lashley loses uh, the title after a long, long reign. Uh, John Morrison was also in this match. And uh, it was kind of interesting is because um, obviously they had to rework some stuff because Keith Lee uh, was not going to be in this match. And there was always this wonder of, okay, well, why, you know, why, why you know, in the, in the pre-show they did a, you know, a fatal four-way Joe where John Morrison got into the match. And it's like in any normal circumstance you would just, you know, make it a one-on-one match because one of the guys can't come. But, of course, they didn't want Bobby Lashley to take the pinfall. But they also wanted him to lose the title so that he could move on to the other title. And it's just like so much work for just like – just he can be the U.S. champion and go for the world title. You know what I mean? <laughs> just have him get rid of yeah. – you know, just have him vacate the U.S. title once he wins the world title. You know what I mean? Like you go through all this stuff just so like – because you have to push him in your style where it's, you know, the guy loses the title and then he moves up. And, and yeah, Riddle, who has been an absolute fucking geek on TV for weeks and weeks and weeks, uh, wins the title. So, yeah. There you go, bro. Uh, I thought a really shitty match, by the way, between these guys. Was not a good match. No. Speaking of not good matches, <laughs> women's tag team titles, Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler versus Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks. Uh, there's a lot of talented people in this match, but this, I thought, was brutal. It's fucking stunk. This was so bad. When three out of the four people, I think, are talented wrestlers, I don't know. I, I Yeah, this was real bad. Like, they had no idea what they were doing, not on the same page ever, complete miscommunications throughout sloppy work, bad work, boring work. I, it's just, I don't, any way you could describe a bad match, this one had it. it. It was just absolutely terrible. Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know what else needs to be said. I had some notes somewhere, but I don't really feel like looking for them. <laughs> it's fine. And on, gra- on grapple, it's sitting at a 1.9. Oh God. Uh, think about that. A what? Think about in the modern wrestling, how bad it is to be a sub two star match. With 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 uh, <laughs> Sasha, Sasha Banks, Banks. <laughs> yeah, Sasha Banks is in there. Yeah, ah, yeah, it's fucking. Belair and Shayna Baszler, all th- all three are very competent. Work- under two stars, an average of under two stars. That is, yeah, that is it's special. hard to do. Yeah, that is really rare. Not easy to do. I'll tell you what was great about this show. It was two and a half hours. Long. <laughs> it was fantastically short. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and it could have been shorter. Like. I think they're still doing some ring introductions for the second. Oh my god! Can we talk about the ring introductions? The first match. These guys just be in the fucking pod, dude. They've gotten worse about them than than ever, and I don't know. I don't know why. Maybe it's the Thunderdome thing. Maybe it's I don't know what it is. It's not just an elimination chamber problem. It's an all WWE entrance thing. But especially in the elimination chamber because you have the first one come out. I I timed it. It took seventeen minutes for the bell to ring for the first one for the first match. Because they also played a promo package, too. They had two entrances, then yes. went to the promo, then had it. But what they happened, the, the, and I did not time the main event one. I did not time the WWE title one, but I'm positive that was longer. That had to be 20 minutes. Because what happens is, is Drew McIntyre comes out. We are ching, 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 because he's got a sword now. Yes. And then it, the music plays for about 30 seconds. He comes out. Do you the, know that during it, real quick, <laughs> do you know that when the when that uh, bagpipe or whatever kicks yeah. in, my dog, like, freaks the fuck out? <laughs> Just howls. Like, her yeah, ear, yeah. My dog is old as fuck. She doesn't like to move unless it's time to eat her shit, okay? 
But when Drew McIntyre is then when that fucking after the ching ching ching, yeah, it's just like that shit. Yeah. My, her ears go up. She's like springing to attention. She's going blind, but she's looking around like it just. She can't. She's like, what is happening? And then if you look at the screen, like in the Thunderdome, there's this attack of lights. I know it's a seizure inducing. Who asked for or wants any of this? Who needs this much fucking sensation when Drew McIntyre, of all people, is coming to the ring? Like, who asked for this? Who asked for it? <laughs> so he comes out. We get the ching-ching, the uh, horrendous noise that wakes your dog up. Then, like, we wait, like, 30 seconds. He comes down. Michael Cole pontificates about Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre gets to the top of the ramp, looks around, grabs a sword, throws it into the, you know, the the the, the ring entrance way fireworks go off for about 30 more seconds he slowly saunters down to the ring and then the worst part is that when the elimination chamber so already you've invested five minutes in this asshole coming out and doing his little shtick and every single guy's got their little shtick now they go to the top of the ramp they do their shtick their music plays they slowly brood on down and then worse than the elimination chamber is every guy walks in goes to the pod and stares at the guy uh, and then moves to the next guy and stares at that guy. Why couldn't God? Why couldn't they do one introduction, make it Drew or whatever? I guess he's your champion. Then do the video package and do two more during the video. No, package. Joe, everyone's like, got to have what? their entrance. Everyone's got to have their shit. You know, and they all got the same round because that's the way this company is. It has to be. I came to play. There's a price to pay. He has to spin on the fucking ramp and point. Yeah, it's all they, the sizzle. It's has- all sizzle. None of the steak. It's all yeah, the sizzle. Gotta have your entrances because their whiny fans will probably complain about it. Like, there's probably some fucking who was in this match. There's probably some uh, Jay Uso fan out there somewhere who would be bothered by the fact that he didn't get a full entrance in the match. That that's why that's why that that's why these people watch the remaining people who are watching this. It is infuriatingly long how long these introductions are because they have to do a full intro for every guy. Why not do the little partial intro? You know what's wrong with that? Oh, all right. Oh, they got over last week, so now I got another run in here because, you know, they got over last oh, week. Oh, here we go. All right. You're bringing me a Coke Zero? Oh, look at that. That's so nice of you. Dude. This one's empty. So this was just in time, and my throat is all scratchy. That was such a good idea. Thank you so much. <laughs> you got a big smile on your face. Do you want – are you going to be – listen, you always say that when I'm doing my show – that you're going to talk to everybody. But then when you get up here, you're real shy. Are you going to talk this time? No. <laughs> you, got no. Nothing, you got nothing to say? No. No? You know, it's uh, it's 845. Why are you still up? I'm about to go to bed. Oh, you're about to go to bed now? Yeah. Yeah? I bet Mommy's had enough of you, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah? Where's your brother? He's sleeping. He's ready to sleep? Mm-hmm. Yeah? Well, thank you so much for the... Coke Zero. You're welcome, Daddy. You know that's my favorite, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, good night. Give me a hug. Well, oh, you got your tablet, huh? You're gonna be partying in that bedroom. What are you gonna play? I'm gonna play my new game. Which game? My mermaid one. Oh, it's a mermaid game. Mm-hmm. Well, what's the name of it? Yeah, mermaid game. You don't know the name? No. Yeah, get what a about plug. Sonic? Get a plug here. Sonic a lot. Yeah. No Sonic. Your brother likes that. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for the soda. Okay, I have to continue burying Elimination Chamber. So, um, 
I will come check on you when I'm done, but you'll probably be sleeping. All right. Good night. What's going on, guys? This is Rich from the Flagship Podcast here on the Voice of Wrestling Podcast Network. And I just want to let you know about a brand new sponsor we have for the network. It's Eufy. And let me tell you a little bit about their newest product, the Eufy Video Smart E330. This isn't your everyday smart lock. This is a smart lock, a 2K camera, and a doorbell offering triple the security and triple the convenience. Instead of loading up your door with a bunch of different devices, you install one, and it takes care of everything in a complete package. It's not just about the home security, though. The Eufy Video Smart Lock E330 is also for convenience. No more worrying about losing keys. You can let each member of your family get a password. You can monitor their movement in and out of the house. You can keep an eye on your packages. You can check in on your house while you're away. There is so much you can do with this product. Best of all, it is easy to install and set up. All you need is a Phillips screwdriver. Leave that drill in the toolbox. The Eufy has keyless entry, a 0.3 second fingerprint recognition, a rechargeable battery with a four-month lifespan, two-way audio from the lock, enhanced night vision, 24-7 customer support, and you'll love this, none of those pesky monthly fees. Eufy sent me a Smart Lock 330, and I've loved it so far. It allows me peace of mind when I'm at work or when I'm away on one of my patented vacations. Plus, it helps me keep track of deliveries to the house, saves me a trip back to the car if I just need to run in for something and I forgot my keys, and the two-way audio system works well for those unwanted guests at my front door. No, I do not need new siding or windows or a roof. Thank you, though. You can simply tell them you aren't interested from the comfort of your couch. Now, are you ready to ditch the others and join the Eufy revolution? Of course you are. Get started today by searching Eufy Video Lock on your search engine of choice. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can finally, once and for all, gain complete control of your door. Once again, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock ufeofficial.com slash video lock and we thank them for sponsoring the voice wrestling podcast network say goodbye to your credit card rewards greedy corporate mega stores led by walmart and target are pushing for a law in congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets the durbin marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it if you love your credit card rewards tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill All right, so there's the girl. That's adorable, yeah. They See, they got over it. They knew they got a big pop last week. Right, right, right. right. Because I I told them everybody popped for them. So I had a feeling this was going to happen. And what a hand, bringing in the Coke Z. Was it on a tray, too? Was it on, you know, like a a porcelain tray or like a a silver tray? Here you go, Daddy. (laughs) I got you a Coke Z. You're going to live the life. You're going to have one of them, you know, fanning you as the show's going on, too. Like, you're, you're... you should have seen the shit-eating grin on her face. <laughs> she knew. Because <laughs> they know what makes me happy. Yeah. Listen to this. Look at that. that? The sound of happiness. Uh, fresh one. I've been milking the warm remnants of the one I started with. Yeah, you know, just to – yeah, this is great. This is ice cold too. Hold on. Ah, it's phenomenal. Little Joe Eats there with the disgusting sounds. So, All right. What were we at here? Oh, have you seen the uh, – the, there's these uh, Red Baron pizza melt 
microwavable pizza melts. Have you seen these fucking things? Red Baron pizza melts. Let yeah. me Google this. They look horrendous. Yeah, the uh, the nurse saw this and said Joe should eat this for Joe Eats the other day. So they look so melts. bad. <laughs> Again, I might have the thing. I apologize. Yeah, well, um, this will give you the thing if you didn't have it already. Look, look, look at these fucking things. Please eat these. Oh, these look phenomenal. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm in. Are you in? I'm in. Okay. There you go. We're I'll doing... see if I can get them. I'm getting the groceries delivered tomorrow. So, they, they, by the way. The problem, though, crispy out of the microwave, crispy tray included. I don't know. You know what I mean? This is a big – you're not a crispy oh, guy. Crispy I know. Well, yeah, but here's the thing. I'm just going to follow the directions. Okay. As is. You know, because I don't want Red Baron complaining to me that I didn't cook it properly. Exactly right. I, They'll say, well, it was bad because you didn't put it in the crisping tray. So, so I'll say, listen, Red Baron, I followed your directions – the fucking flight guy, the, the, it's got the guy with like the aviator goggles yes. on the yeah, front, yeah, yeah. the Red Baron. He, uh, listen, he's not going to get on my case. I'm going to cook it the way he says. And that way they can't claim that it was some kind of fraudulent cook. But uh, I'm going to try to get a hold of him. I'll order him with the grocery delivery. That's another fantastic development during this pandemic. Rich, I am never stepping foot in a grocery store again in my life. Oh, but that I was just, your favorite. You love the grocery store, though. No, but not, not anymore. This delivery gimmick is phenomenal. You For $10 plus a tip, some dope will go pick all your groceries for you and then drive them to your house. Are you kidding me? That Again, this is like paying $20 for the network. <laughs> I will tip these people anything to do that. This is great. I can never go back. There is no reason to ever go back and step foot in a grocery store. I wish I would have known about this before. I can't believe I can't believe how awesome this is. I just sit on the I literally sit on the couch with my phone while I'm watching a game and go grocery shopping. And then 2 hours later, they're ringing my doorbell and I they have specific instructions, no contact please. I don't want to look at you. They leave them there, they ring the <laughs> bell, they leave, and then you just bring them in. It's it's phenomenal. I can't believe I waited so long to take advantage of this. COVID has taught me I never need to grocery shop again. Well, you, you've certainly made grocery shopping way worse for those who, who do go grocery shopping because uh, you you, uh, you have not been there in the uh, pandemic era. But essentially, it's it's you and like six other people that are there to shop for themselves. And then about 100 of these drones that are just like and they're all like way overworked and clearly stressed out and they they'll fucking run you over with their cart man cuz they're trying to get as many of these orders in as quickly as they can they have no clue where anything is any day and they will just they'll bump into you they'll shove you they'll hit you with their cart my ankle has been hit by a shopping cart more times yeah. in the last 6 months than it has ever been hit in ever in my life i mean every single time my cart is hit every single time someone's pushing me over or nudging me out of the way it is a terrible experience. So yes, you have actually made it where I am now considering maybe never going to the grocery store ever again because it's such a terrible experience now. So Rich, it's so awesome. I mean, if you're willing to pay like the surcharge and the tip, it's it's so great. Like the 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 person who does it is great too. Like if they don't have something, right? Like if they're they don't have an item that I'm requesting, they text me and tell me, and then they take a picture of the shelf and say, "Is there anything else on the shelf you'd like to replace it?" It's incredible. Uh, it's amazing service. You know? So it's like you're there, but it's just, you know, some dope is there for you. It's perfect. It's, it, you know, I, it just, oh, man. 
can never go back now. So I will try to order these Red Barons, these pizza melts, um, through the delivery line. I'll let people know. I'm also trying to do the Arby's Meat Mountain. Oh, I saw. Yeah, I heard about the uh, the Arby's Meat Mountain. So that's a that's a special item, right? That's like one of the secret menu options. Yeah, uh, yeah, allegedly. No. Um, well, I mean, I went on one of the uh, DoorDash or Uber Eats. I don't remember which one. Doesn't matter. And it was available on the menu. Oh, okay. All right. So it's not. Yeah. So it's, it's like a gimmick that it's the secret. You see what I'm saying? Like, it's not like you don't have to go up to the counter in hushed tones and be like, hey, I want a meat mountain. Right, it's not right, like right. Because I always get worried when you see – because you'll see those, like, blogs every so often. It's like, these 19 items are secret on the Taco Bell menu. And, like, a few of them sound good. And some of them I know, like I knew somebody who worked at Taco Bell, and, and they were like, "No, we do like no, we make those all the time. <laughs> like it's on the menu. Like they're like ask mm-hmm. about the Crunchwrap Supreme, and it's like the like and, and but that was I don't know if you remember, you, you remember the Crunchwrap Supreme, of course, in Taco Bell, right? Yep. yep. So it was there for a while, and then it went away. But you could still if if there was an OG like a, a long time Taco Bell guy, he could still make it for you. He still because it's all the same ingredients. They have everything there. You know what I mean? You just needed to have the guy in the back that knew how to make it. But there was a yep. while there where it was not possible to like. The Taco Bell that I would go to, the people were like, "Yeah, no, we don't. Nobody knows how to make that. So sorry, we can't. We can't do it for you." But um, it yeah. has now come back in, in in full force, I believe. So, and then anybody who's worked with a point of sale machine knows that there's the open food key when it's there's an item that's not on the uh, selections, the old open food key, and then you price in whatever price you want. You know, so th- that's how they would charge you for it if it's not on the menu anymore. But uh, yeah, this is a fake uh, secret menu item. It's okay. just on the fucking menu. But it's marketing. They want you to think you're getting something. Mm, I see. Oh, Arby's. That's nice. That's good. That's smart. Yeah. So because I checked because, again, I don't want to leave my house and go physically buy one. I want it brought to me <laughs> at a ridiculous markup. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I'll tell you right now, it's, it's, it is exorbitantly priced. I will pull it up for you right now. This thing is like $13. Here, hold on. Let me pull up. It's the if we're making another game. request, there's also the uh, the horrendous looking DiGiorno croissant pizza crust, which looks fucking horrid. But I want you to eat it as well. So, okay, I am only one man. Yeah, I'm I just saying. I'm just I... saying. I'm not saying this week. I'm <laughs> saying in the future. So, that's... devour these disgusting options. Um, here is uh, where the fuck is the Arby's here? I because you know the markups on these delivery services are just. Um, you know, ridiculous. It's but thing. it's fine. Yeah. Well, Ed, but see, that's why I shrug myself to the fucking grocery store and get run over by these drones because I'm not paying ten extra bucks. You know me. <laughs> like, I don't get okay. anything delivered. You know, dude. I will drive twenty minutes to pick up food. I'm not getting anything delivered. I've ne- I've never. I've once in my life had a pizza delivered to my house. It's because I had a house full of people. That was it. I've I've left a house that has been filled with people. And said, I'll be right back to go pick up a pizza. That has happened. This so. is an old bit from the show. You're the cheapest man alive. Yeah, yeah, we all yeah, know this. Yeah. And you admit it. Like, you freely admit that you I'm are the... going to pay $8 uh, to fucking drive four blocks to get a pizza. It's fucking ridiculous. Um, oh, here it is. Meat Mountain. This mother... This fucking thing on DoorDash is twelve forty nine. And then, of course, you're going to get here. Let me see what it would cost just to get this fucker delivered. I, like, won't put it through here. Let's see. Um, oh, hell, put it through. Why not? Well, they're closed. No. All right. So to get the Meat Mountain sandwich, not the meal. You don't need the meal. The you probably just need the Meat Mountain sandwich on its own, right? I never get the meal anyway because I got plenty of Coke Z's in the house. And I don't eat fries. I'm not a fry guy. You're not a fry guy. Interesting. 
No, not a fry guy at like, all. I don't, I don't dislike fries, but they don't do anything for me. So nah, why? See, I, I, the, to me, the, everything else is just a conduit to the fries. I'm, I'm a fry guy through and through. For sure. I get it. I get it. People love the fries. I'm not a fry guy. Um, twelve forty nine for the meat mountain, dollar ninety nine delivery, two ninety in fees. <sighs> So it's seventeen thirty eight. <laughs> you could buy all this meat and make your own sandwich. That's exactly the same. Before the tip, right? You could you could go. So you could do your little Instacart or whatever the hell service you're using. Tell them to buy all these meats. Tell them to buy you know a brioche bun and create your own meat mountain at home for less than seventeen dollars, probably. They suggest a three three dollar tip. Uh, one sec. I lost Joe here. I'll get back in just a moment. I believe that was actually my issue of why we lost Joe. Let us see uh, real quick. All right. Join now. Hello. Mouse. All right. Sorry. Hey, uh, we lost you for a sec because I closed the window. Oh. So what'd you say after <laughs> you said something and then I stopped talking? So. Did the audience lose me? Or the just audience you? lost you as well. Yeah, I closed the uh, the chat window or the, uh, the the call window that we did. So just amateur hour oh, stuff for me. Unbelievable. Where did I leave off? Uh, you were saying suggested tip was like $3 or whatever. Oh, yeah. Suggested tip is $3, but I, you know I'm like a stupid tipper, like ridiculous high tipper. So this stupid sandwich, just the sandwich, is going to cost me like 25 26 bucks <laughs> when it's all said and done. And I'm going to do it because I love the audience, and I'm going to do the Joe Eats with the Meat Mountain Sandwich. Now – um, you know what's on the Meat Mountain Sandwich. Have you have seen the Meat Mountain? So sandwich, I, I, I've correct? seen it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, let me see. Okay, here's the Meat Mountain Sandwich. It is chicken tenders, roast turkey, smoked ham, corned beef, smoked brisket, roast beef, peppered bacon, <sighs> cheddar cheese, Swiss cheese, on a toasted star cut roll. It says nearly every meat we have. I wonder which ones aren't on. Yeah, there. what's not on there? That, uh, that that it sounds like it's all that. That sounds like it's everything. But I think I'm gonna like it too. I don't know if I'm gonna twenty, you know, thirty dollar like it. Yeah, that that I, might be tough. I wonder how you're gonna eat this thing. Like, I, I can't imagine that you could just like press it down and bite into it. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't look possible. Like, there's there's too much buoyancy to like the chicken and 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 and. I don't know. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see well, how you, Rich, how you tackle it. Well, Rich, if you subscribe at patreon.com slash voices of wrestling on the $5 tier, you can see how I'm going to eat it because I'm going to eat it live on the air. You're going to have to unhinge your jaw to do this thing. I don't know. Yeah, this is uh, – This thing, I'm, I'm looking at like pictures of it in the wild too. And yeah, this looks this looks dumb. Uh, so some look better than others. There, there are some of these meat mountains that I've seen that look fantastic and like – I mean fantastic in the sense that like the presentation looks good. And then others that just like real sloppy and kind of – don't really don't don't appear to be mountainous as much as they should be. So I'll, I'll be curious what to see which one you uh, you get here. So I mean, you know, sometimes you get uh, a nice. Well, I was gonna make a. Never mind. I don't want to get. <laughs> let's not do that. I was gonna make a very crass roast beef joke. I think you know where that. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. I kind of was, was getting where you're going there, but uh, sometimes you get a sloppy roast beef sandwich. Yeah, yeah, you know? It happens to the best of us. Yeah. You know, it's still, still roast beef, forward. Joe. Right? It's still roast beef. You know, you get it. Depending what time it is, in the <laughs> it's night, still roast just, beef. Yeah, it's still roast beef. Right. So you know, you just lights are off anyway most of the time. Yeah, you make so you make do with what you can do. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Um, that's right. Where we leave off with the uh, <laughs> the elimination chamber, uh, yeah. the main events, the WWE title elimination chamber match: uh, Drew McIntyre, AJ Styles, Jeff Hardy, Kofi Kingston, Randy Orton, 
and Seamus. Um, this was fucking don't, terrible. Don't tell me you thought this one was. No, God, I thought this was the worst. No, but this. So what was funny about this match is this was, and and I'm, I've mentioned this a few times before in, in certain matches, but this was a match that I am certain that WWE and WWE fans, like real ardent, like moronic WWE fans, like and and the people backstage, they think that this is what a good match is. You know what I mean? It had. Yeah. Everything that, that what they consider a good match, and I, I, I the match that I mentioned, I forget what it was, but it was like a match that had a table spot. It was a match that somebody went through the barricade. It was a match that had a few kickouts and a guy grabbing his hair and all. It, it had all the stuff that you know that they think, oh well, you need to have that to have a great match. And this match had all of those great match things, but it was fucking terrible. You know what I mean? Like in actuality, it's just garbage. It's just a walk and brawl. Eventually you get a bunch of kickouts. It's guys doing stuff. It's a lot of talking. Kofi Kingston's got to talk all the time. He's got to make comments to everybody. Randy Orton's got to be stoic. It had exactly like you're saying, Randy Orton is ball of fire. Then he gets eliminated. Then he RKO's everybody on the way out, which is just like they went fifty fifty they went for a second they give you Randy Orton pushed. Then they made him fifty fifty and then they gave him a push again as he, you know, destroys everybody with an RKO. It was just utter ridiculous. Um, the thing that got me, though, about this match, which I want you to try to explain this to me. I want you to actually give me an earnest can – you, can, you can you do this for me? Take off the Joe Lanza cap and be a – give me an earnest – you are a WWE fan. You're somebody backstage. Tell me why this occurred. Can you do that for me when I explain the scenario? I, I will try my try, best. Try your best. I, I will not ask you to do anything that you cannot do. Anything right. that's too unrealistic, but try to try to do this. So, okay. Randy Orton gets eliminated. He RKO's Kofi Kingston and I forget who. Drew or Sheamus, whoever. Who fucking cares? He RKO's both the guys. AJ Styles, who won a grueling gauntlet match on Monday to earn the right to be the last guy to enter the elimination chamber, now tells Omos, break the chamber so I can get into the ring. So he gets into the ring. He goes for pinfalls, both guys kick out, and now he's just a fucking doofus that's in the ring eight minutes before he needed to get into the ring. And he ends up losing. Yes. Why? Yeah. I mean, he earned the right to come in last. <laughs> it's a finite amount. Of t- Number 25 doesn't run down in the Royal Rumble. It's not like, you know, there's nobody in the ring or one guy's, you know, in the ring and he's down. Number 20, you know, the number 30 guy doesn't run down at 25 and go, well, fuck, this is a great opportunity yeah. to get in the ring here and throw this guy right. out. Like, he waits until 30 because <laughs> it's a finite amount of entries. Like, he will it's, always be the last guy. He doesn't yeah, improve yeah. his chances by moving up five spots. I, I got I to gotta <laughs> tell you <laughs> that. I am so disconnected from their booking. I, I didn't even really think about this, but it's really fucking stupid. Why did he come in? Like yeah, the idea really is tough. that both those guys yeah. were down, so he would yeah, go in and, and be able to pin them. Yeah. But it, it's an elimination match. It's not a first fall to a finish. So why do you care? The right. better strategy would be to tell Omos to stand in front of the fucking thing and not let the thing open. And then you get to stay in the chamber forever. Right. Until the end of the match. Yeah. Like, yeah. Instead, he tells yeah, a break no. free so I can enter early, even though I just won the right to enter later. It's so stupid. Very stupid. Uh, incredibly stupid. Indefensibly stupid. <laughs> just so dumb. Like, even if you like this, you can't defend that. It's awful. So, all right. Then the the match happens, whatever. Bunch of shit happens. Who cares? Uh, Terrible match. Oh, one thing I did. Oh, one thing I did want to bring up. So AJ Styles enters early, 
and uh, Omos, uh, who, who helped break free, uh, officials come out and they send Omos back. You got to go. You got to go. They send him back. Adam Pierce comes out. You're eliminated. You got to go to the back. Okay. Right. We've established that there are officials that are watching this match and not allowing, you know, people <laughs> to do it. stuff or yeah. interfere or whatever. Right. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. So Drew McIntyre wins. Jing, jing, jing. <laughs> you know, the music plays. <laughs> <laughs> He's in the ring. So he's in the ring. He's celebrating for a too long of a time that you know something's going to happen. So Bobby Lashley runs down and beats the fuck out of this dude for eight minutes. Where's all the officials that were just out four yeah. minutes ago? Well, all these officials that were like, almost no, 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 no cheating in the elimination chamber. Get out of here, dude. Not going to happen. Send him to the back. Nobody, nobody cares that their WWE champion <laughs> nah. is being a fucking assaulted by this Bobby no. Lashley guy, right? Nobody cares. No one cares. No one cares. No. Then the Miz comes. They're out. limited in their caring, <laughs> right? They 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 said, "Well, we got almost out of the ring, but after, well, maybe because it's after a match, they're 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 completely. It's not their jurisdiction, <laughs> right? It's out of their yeah. It's like when a New Japan match spills to the floor, and the ref's like, ah, "I don't deal with the floor, right? Yeah, floor's not my game. yeah, right. All I do is count. Like you can do whatever you want out there, you know." So, maybe it's similar to that. Yeah, maybe. Well, Drew McIntyre gets annihilated by Bobby Lashley. The Miz runs Here's down. Here's the difference. You want to know the difference? Yeah, go ahead. In New Japan, it's consistent. And <laughs> right. the refs never care about what you do on the floor. They just count. This is not – this is like inconsistency. Well, it's inconsistent because the in the first fucking match, the Universal title match, you have your favorite line from Corey Graves, perfectly legal, Cole, or anytime anything happens, he goes, oh, perfectly legal in the Elimination Chamber, Cole. Like, yeah. But almost comes out. They're like, no, 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 dude. No, no, no. You're out of here. Like, what do you think he was going to do? Why? Like, It's so dumb. Why don't we think about this for even a 10 seconds? I don't know why. Forget it. How about Cole – explaining the rules of the Elimination Chamber at the top of the show before the Elimination Chamber match <laughs> with the graphic. Yeah. And then Cole, Which has like 36 rules on it too, which is incredible. Just yeah. classic. Like... They go through all of them. And then an hour later, Cole explaining all the rules of the Elimination Chamber with the graphic again before the second Elimination Chamber match. <laughs> this company thinks you are so stupid. That you can't even remember what they told you an hour ago about the same rules for the same match. They have to explain it again. Cole has to read every rule again. And the other match finished like an hour and ten minutes earlier. Well, The Miz runs down with his dumb briefcase, cashes it in, wins the title. So, there you go. Skull crushing finale. Yes, the Miz is your. Uh, Does he ever win with that move anymore? <laughs> he like... never wins. He's only won three times in the last like year and a half. He doesn't win ever. Yeah. Whether with the move or not, he doesn't win. He's an absolute dork. That they. <laughs> uh, the, the best part about the, the, the what's got us to this point. Yeah. What's got us to this point is that, is that Vince for that week was infatuated with Otis so yes. much that he had Otis. Win the money to make briefcase, then immediately said, "Ah, fuck! What are we going to do with this money to make briefcase? Right. What's he doing with the money to make briefcase?" So they decided, "Ah, fuck it! Give it to the Miz." So they gave it to the Miz. Then had no idea what to do with the money to make briefcase for another six months until this moment now, where they decided, "Ah, great! We'll have him beat your McIntyre." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's uh, they quickly realized that 
like the joke was on them. Like they had Otis win for the joke. Right. They worked themselves into a like, shoot. Classic. Yeah. Now we have to push Otis. We can't push Otis. That can't be done. Even though he's more charismatic than Kazuchika Okada, and even though he's the next Dusty Rhodes, we cannot push Otis. Those are real things that people tweeted at us, by the way, about Otis when I would make fun of Otis. We can't push this man. What is with people saying that X is the next Dusty Rhodes? Remember the geek <laughs> from Tough Enough? Yes. Remember the geek from Tough Enough, ZZ? Or yeah, ZZ yeah. Top I think, or no, ZZ, X, I think was, was his name. Yeah, ZZ. Yeah. Easy E, whatever his name was. He was the next Dusty Rhodes, remember? He's like Zeremiah, wasn't it Zeremiah? Zeremiah ZZ, I think, yeah, or something like that. He was some Cajun fuck. I don't know. He's like, he was awful. There was nothing appealing about him. Like, and people thought he was the next Dusty Rhodes. <laughs> now, Otis is the, like, all you have to do is be fat and quirky. And you're the next Dusty right. Rhodes. Right. Pe- well, because those people that say you're the next Dusty Rhodes have, have watched the Son of a Plumber promo, and that's it. Yeah. And they've seen an image of him, and they think that he's just a fat guy that's kind of charismatic. And that's what du- makes you Dusty Rhodes. When, yeah. In what world is the charity case tough enough guy that only got on the show because it's a TV show and he was a like the village idiot? Like, in what world does that guy remind anyone? Of one of the most charismatic wrestlers in the history of professional wrestling. Like, what goes through the mind of a person who who comes up with that and says that out loud? And then doesn't immediately realize that's the dumbest thing I will ever say in my life. That fucking EZ or ZZ from Tough Enough is the next Dusty Rhodes. What goes through the mind of a person like that? Who sees Otis go, oh yeah, stakes and weights. And thinks that that, <laughs> that is the American dream, Dusty Rhodes. Yes, who is remotely for close 25 to twenty-five years. One of the best draws on the you know <laughs> the territorial wrestling. One of the greatest baby faces in the history of the the fucking sport. And you think Otis because <laughs> he gyrates? Yeah, because he's fat and he gyrates. Yeah. <laughs> what goes through the mind of these people? <sighs> Not much. And they will argue with you with confidence. That they have some kind of eye for talent when they say these things. Like, they're so confident. You're the crazy one for not thinking. <laughs> for not Otis. believing that, that, that Otis is Dusty Rhodes. Dusty Rhodes. <laughs> yes. You're wrong, Joe. Yeah. You have to prove watch that he's not. You have to prove that he's not as opposed to the other way around. It's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, watch a fucking tape once in your life. Jeez. It's incredible. I think you're right. All they know is Polka Dot Man dancing with Yeah, Sapphire. they know Polka Dot Man, and they've maybe seen one, one other promo where he's, you know, backstage cutting. Yeah, that, that's it. That, that's, that's the extent of their, their knowledge, which... You know what? Otis can be the next that. You know what? I apologize. I apologize. He can be the next son of a plumber. You're right. Like that version of it. Yes. He can be the next Polka Dot dancing with Sapphire Dusty Rhodes. Strike my rant from the record. You were all correct. Same for uh, ZZ or whatever his name was. Was it ZZ? I believe it was ZZ. Yeah, it was like Zeremiah ZZ or something like that. I forget what it was, but I believe it was ZZ. And didn't he get eliminated immediately because he fucking sucked? Because he was god-awful, yeah. yeah, Irredeemably bad, like awful at everything and lazy and didn't want to work and everything. Like, what? (sighs) 
I think they signed him though. No, no, you know what? No, I don't think so. I think he was the runner up. Because they signed him. I know for a fact they signed him at some point. Didn't he get fired like in a week? Yeah, yeah, it did not last long then. They signed him and then it very quickly (laughs) did not last long. But uh, yeah, that was the. yeah, that was the year that um, there was a bunch of people on that year. That was, I think Chelsea Green. That was her year. Uh, Patrick Clark, I believe that was her year. Uh, uh, his year. I think Mandy Mandy Rose was on that year as well. But uh, yeah, I think uh, I because it was Josh. Remember, Josh won it. Yeah, they signed him. I don't know what the fuck happened with him. Um, but I think ZZ. I want to say he was the runner up, but really close. Was Josh uh, shit stain or was that another year? <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember who shit stain was. <laughs> No, shit stain didn't win. Stone Cold called some some guy shit stain. Remember the tall guy with the long hair? His nickname was fuck. No, it was Skidmark, not shit <laughs> stain. Yeah, which is the same thing. I mean, he's essentially calling him a shit stain, but I don't think that's the same. Se- it's a different. Uh, season. Okay, so I looked it up. That is Ryan Howe from uh, the uh, the prior yeah. season. Yes. Yeah, yes. that was that's when Andy Levine won the uh, the season. And uh... oh, another, <laughs> another uh, WrestleMania main eventer. Right. Yeah. Andy Levine. Who could forget Andy Levine? Oh my god! <laughs> great, great concept. That tough. <laughs> that's the Turn season. Yeah, that's the season that uh, fucking uh, uh, Matt Cross got eliminated like second. Remember? Yes, yes. Because he didn't do enough, right? He didn't do enough, and you know damn well if he went in there and did. It did a bunch of shit. Yeah, this kid doesn't know how to work. This flippy deer asshole. Yeah, this former gymnast. Yeah. Spot monkey. What are you doing? You gotta slow it down. So then he tried you to know, slow like, it down. Ah, you gotta speed it up, kid. <laughs> it's not how the rest of the win situation. It's a fucking no win situation. You know? Um, yeah, that was shit stain that season with uh Ivelisse, I believe, was in that yes. season. Yes, yeah, yeah, she was in that one, yeah. So this was the next season. Didn't the guy the guy who won, wasn't he like a Roman Reigns lookalike kind of guy? Yeah, yeah, I forget. Yeah. Uh yeah. Bronson Matthews. Nowhere. He became Bronson yeah. Matthews. Yeah, I forgot about this. Uh in January twenty twelve, uh Bridell, I believe was his name, uh Josh Bridell. Uh, made a tweet referring to the lower card stable as, quote, the social outcasts. He called them the social jobbers. Remember the social outcasts, Joe? The lower card stable? The social yes. outcasts? Yes. yes. He called them the social jobbers. This would cause backstage backlash from WWE wrestlers, including Cody Rhodes and Kevin Owens. Brettel uh, was then temporarily banned from the NXT locker room as a result. Wow. And then on November 5th, he was released from his contract. So. Threw him out of the locker room, Miz style. Yeah, yeah. Go, go eat in the go eat in the hallway, pal. Yeah, that's. Yeah. There you go. That was Chris Benoit, a very stable and normal human. He had to change in the hallway for like a year until someone was like, "Miz, you can come back in." <laughs> you know what I mean? But I wouldn't like. I'll be. I mean, full disclosure: if I'm the Miz, I, I he made the right call. Like, you're. Not, I'm not gonna about to walk back into that locker room and have fucking. That psychopath see me in there, so I'm I'm yeah. changing the locker room too until somebody tells me, hey, you can come back in. Oh yeah, because the idea is that like, yeah, you know, you could have probably after a few months just come back in, but like, dude, when when that fucking uh, and c- great instincts by the Miz there to realize that uh, I'm not gonna really, you know, not gonna cross the uh, you know fucking Chris Benoit here. So yeah, he just stayed in the hallway yeah. for like a year until someone I forget who finally said that he could come in. So that was uh, that was good. <laughs> Wait, this dopey tough enough season was during the Kevin Owens years of the company. That's yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You forget that there were these these two other seasons that came in. Wow. This one that season six was uh January October October two thousand fifteen. 
we got to do a deep dive on the utter failure of tough enough, <laughs> to tough enough. Cards. <laughs> what the fuck is an andy levine i don't even know what that is yeah i have no clue dude yeah yeah he won over um i'm trying to remember who was on this one there wasn't a ton of people there was obviously uh you know cameron who was out the first one out uh and I guess she she's a wrestler, but that's uh, then there was uh, yeah Matt Cross. I'm trying to remember if anybody else was really important from that season. I don't think so. Uh, Evelise, obviously, as you mentioned, but not yeah. really anything else. Um, was it Marty the Moth on that season? I don't remember if he was honestly. I, I don't. Underground Marty. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. No. He Marty. was. You're right. Yeah. He was. He was. Yeah. He's had kind of a career, I guess. Yeah, but the uh, it was Andy Levine, and the runner-up was Luke Robinson. So wasn't one of them an M- end up going into MMA? Uh, see, I don't remember. Yeah. Oh, that might have been the ZZ year. The guy that went into MMA, uh, Jarrett Plunkett. Plunkett, it, Jeremiah Plunkett. That was his name. The, and I think he uh, went into MMA instead of pro wrestling. And that's like a real name, believe it or not. Like that's a name that you'd give like. A tag team partner of Hillbilly Jim or something, <laughs> right, Jeremiah right, right. Plunkett. <laughs> right. No, but his name was really Jeremiah Plunkett. Like, That's a good I think name. That was, like, That's a good his name. shoot name, which is a great name, which they would then probably change. <laughs> right, right, right. They would, they would change. Well, we've talked about the Mandy Jeremiah. Rose. I cannot believe that they would ever change Mandy Rose's name. She was, she was the uh, the the women's runner up in in the season six, and I cannot believe yeah. that they ever changed her name. But you know, Mandy Rose. Yeah. Yeah. Amanda Sakamoto. <laughs> Sakamoto or whatever. Sakamoto? No, not Sakamoto. Sakamoto. Cosma Sakamoto? Yeah. Yeah, Cosma Sakamoto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, she's the so Japanese cool. sleazer. Yeah. What does he have to do with Mandy Rose? <laughs> oh, and I forget uh, what's her f- uh, uh, Sonya Deville was in on this season as well. So so confused. Oh, uh, her name. She had a great shoot name too. Um, yeah, Daria Baronetto. Daria Baronado. Like or maybe Baronado, just, yeah, that's a great, yeah. Hair up, score up, baby. <laughs> maybe that just reminds me of the old neighborhood, but that's a great name. That's a, you know, great, that's for an Italian broad? Can't do better than that. So, you know, it's better than Sonia DeVille. Sonia DeVille sounds like a character in a 90s, you know, fighting game. But a bad, uh, like a knockoff, like a primal yes. rage. Like, not Mortal Kombat, but primal rage. Or, you know, something Street like... Street Fighter knockoff. Right. Yeah. Something that's not quite there, but yeah. So, to get around, <laughs> you know, the actual... Calling her Sonya Blade, they call her Sonya Deville. And, and yeah. So yeah, and they've got, like... She's got proportions where if it was a real human, she'd have, like, gigantism. Like, with her ass and her tits. Like, they, the proportions are so off. You're thinking of Dead or Alive. <laughs> Dead or Alive is the games that, that, that did that. And then they eventually, Dead or Alive, just turned into straight up, like, bikini games. I don't know if you remember that. They turned into bikini volleyball. Yes, right. yeah. They were like, ah, they're fighting games. And everyone's got gigantic breasts and gigantic asses. And then, like, little by little, they realized, wait a minute. Let's just, like, why are we doing fighting games? And then it was just bikini beach volleyball after a while. So, uh, congratulations yeah. to Dead or Alive. So, that's Kind of like how Pro Wrestling Syndicate turned into Bikini Volleyball. <laughs> right, back to wrestling. Right. Remember that? I do. Are they still doing that? Well, basically, right now they're probably not still doing it. But Wrestle Pro split off, and Pat Buck, you know, just did his thing. And then uh, Eric Pleska, who kept the PWS trademarks, ran a couple shows headlined by Sabu, who destroyed hotel rooms, and then I guess ran out of money, and he converted Pro Wrestling Syndicate to a women's bikini. <laughs> volleyball circuit but kept the name pro wrestling syndicate and branded his women's bikini volleyball under that branding and as you can guess 
didn't work it out. It did go well? All right. Well, Only in pro wrestling. Yeah, unbelievable. Only in pro wrestling. Well, I mean, this was a guy who... What was the was domain running. name? Wasn't it like Stack of Chairs with a Z? What was the... Bed of Nails with a Z. Bed of Nails, that's right. Bed of Nails. With a Z, right? It was definitely a Z, right? Bed of Nails with a Z. And they they bought the domain for DragonGateUSA.com to fuck with Gabe. Remember? <laughs> I do remember <laughs> so These are the Gabe good old days. Get, yeah, days. Gabe couldn't get DragonGateUSA.com because Eric Pleska bought it. And then in the when he, he had a women's offshoot promotion of PWS, Bombshell Ladies of Wrestling. The acronym Blow. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You can't make it up. Wrestling it's, is so garbage. What a garbage fucking profession. And people think they can clean up wrestling. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. People think you can clean up wrestling. Like it's <laughs> it just is what it is, man. You know? All right, so we, we have some other stuff to get to, but I just have to let you know that when I go to bedofnailswithaz.com, uh, it is still avail- it is it is a new website. It is no longer, I don't think, uh, affiliated anymore um, with uh, PWS or, or, or the uh, Bikini or Eric Plesker or whatever. It is now, Joe, the ultimate personal blog of gothic definition and meaning. Yes. Welcome to Bed I of Nails. That. Uh, comma bed of nails a personal gothic horror stories blog we all know about the word goth well many of us like me have been antiquated with this word after i watched with uh okay whatever there's already a misspelling in it so shitty goth (laughs) blog and i believe there's like slot machines on it yes they have custom slots yeah got got the uh slots here so i'm on top of the bed of nails okay i just want to make sure all right i I thought i was going to surprise you here but clearly you are up on the bed of nails now are you sure this is not him it could be him. Yeah. I mean, look at his other harebrained schemes. I mean, would it shock you if it's him? Because <laughs> the, the, having slots makes me a little – that leads me to believe – like, if it was just a gothic blog, I would believe, oh, no way. But you're trying to monetize it via slot machines? This is why Pat Buck would get mad at us because Pleska would claim that they had, like, 1,900 fans at a show. Yes. And I'd have people there, and they'd be like, Joe, it's a nice crowd, but there's, like, a 1,000 people here. Like, why lie about that? That's a great crowd. Then we would go on the air and talk – but this is really the early days. We'd go on the air and talk about how there really wasn't 1,900 people, and then we'd be getting angry emails from Pat Buck. But the problem was it wasn't Pat Buck. It was Pleska that was putting out that bad information, and then Buck would always have to put out his fires. Like if, if that dumb kind of shit was happening, imagine what else was going on with, the, with this arrangement. So, And you could see how WrestlePro was much like cleaner run yes. than PWS yeah, yeah, ever yeah. was. Once Pat Buck took over, so and now it's Kevin Matthews because Buck is obviously doing pull apart brawls on Raw now. <laughs> right, right. So, Stopping almost from, from helping right. AJ so into, he, the, into the, the. And give Kevin Matthews credit; like he's done a decent job. Like they run that whole Alaska circuit, you know, and they draw crowds up in Alaska. They bring the whole crew up there, and um, you know, I, I I'll be honest; I thought it might fall apart under Kevin Matthews, <laughs> but it hasn't. He's done a good job with it, and it, it's it has sustained. But um, yeah. Anyway, all right. Uh, let's let's get to our final topics here. We'll finally, hopefully, be, move away from uh, from WWE. Move on to these final topics here. Uh, quickly, uh, we'll go over the uh, New Japan Castle Attack uh, two shows uh, going on this week. I admit that I am very much not caught up on New Japan. I've 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 hand waved a lot of New Japan as of late. So it seems a lot of people uh, have as well. That seems to be a common uh, uh, thing going on here uh, over the they the clap crowds the 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 
just absolute funeral-like atmosphere of these, you know, Corican shows. They're running every day for some fucking reason. It, it's been a lot. So, you know what? I'm just going to watch the big shows for a little while here. Maybe until we get crowds back. Maybe until things get exciting. But uh, I will watch both of these shows because they, they look interesting enough uh, to, to, to touch on here. But uh, real quickly, let me go over night one. Uh, it's going on on February 27th. Uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi and Tenkoji versus the United Empire. Yoshihashi versus Tangaloa. Hiroki Goto versus Tamatonga. The YTR Texas strap match for the KOPW title. Toru Yano versus Chase Owens. This is a standard sort of strap match, but instead it's who can get all four turnbuckle pads off uh, in time. So get excited, Joe. Uh, Tomohiro Ishii versus Jay White. And Kazuchika Okada versus Evil in your main event. So what do you think of night one? All singles matches. I mean, I know a lot of people are killing this show and saying the other night, is loaded and this night has nothing. I agree that the other night is better, and it was especially so when Hiromu was was on the card. Um, I don't think the gap is as wide as people say. I think at least this was creative. You know, they broke God into singles matches, and um, but I, that's but that doesn't mean I'm interested in this card because I'm not. I like the opener because everything United Empire has done has been hot, has felt hot. And Kojima's putting a lot of effort into that. Um, I have no use for anything Evil does, but that doesn't mean that Evil and Okada can't have a great match. I just don't have any confidence they will. Right. Um, Ishii White, I guess. White's going to get his revenge for Ishii knocking him out of the G1. And then the rest is probably going to be... Look, Yoshihashi Tangaloa might be good. Tangaloa has been impressive. And Yoshihashi's had like on the best run of his life. Um, I don't know, but but I like the yeah. show. I'll, I'll be honest. I, I like the show. I like all. I like the aspect of them all being singles matches. There's no real room to hide. You kind of have to bring at least some semblance of your A game when you're in a singles match. You, you, it's you really... more interesting than a bunch of tags, right? I mean... Exactly. Like you can't hide in a tag match. You can't do tropes. You know, in a singles match, like you just kind of have to go out there and 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 and, and do your match. And I kind of like that. And, and New Japan, I mean, obviously, New Japan singles matches are few and far between, so having a show of all of them uh, is pretty nice. And, and yeah, I think most, like, your standard New Japan singles match is pretty damn good compared to your standard New Japan tag match, and some of those can kind of get a little mundane. So, I, I mean, I'm excited. I, I, I think there's all. Yeah, Yoshiashi and Tagalo, I think, has, has a lot of potential to be really good. Uh, Yano and, and White, and, and, well, I mean... God, I hope Okada and Evil, but probably not. Not giving any hope for it. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, and then I like the opener. I like Tanahashi and Tenkoji versus the United Empire. That sounds kind of cool uh, as well. So I don't know. I, I, I like this night one card. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It could end up being terrible. Oh, sure. I could easily yeah. see that. Yeah. You know, and if the main event's awful, it really doesn't matter what. Because nothing on the undercard is going to be great. I'm pretty confident in saying that. Maybe Ishii White. Maybe. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I look, people are calling it like I don't think it's like the shit show that a lot of people are saying. But I can't say I'm particularly excited. But they were creative. The problem is they have this tiny crew that they're working with. There's only so much they can do. So at least they tried something different with all the singles matches. I mean, this is like a Don Owen 1980 Pacific Northwest roster where there's like <laughs> seven guys on the roster. Yeah. <laughs> Cycling. What are you supposed to do? Right, you gotta you know? have yeah. They're all they're all singles matches, building the tag matches the next night. Yeah, you got. There's not much you could do right now. So, yeah, he would do. It's like Don Owen booking a bunch of fucking 
best of three falls, eight man tags <laughs> that take up the whole hour of TV because that's all he has. Those are all the guys he has booked, you know? Um, so yeah. And then the next night it's all the same guys just jammed into fucking tag. You yeah, know? Yeah. So, I don't yeah. Know. so here, here's night two, February 28th, uh, Tenkoji versus United Empire. So they lose Tanahashi. Uh, just uh, Tenkoji versus United Empire here. Uh, Spray and Cobb. Yes, correct. Yeah, because Okan's going to yeah. be moving on. That'll probably be really good, too. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, I'm into that for sure. Uh, Okada, Ishii, and Yano versus White, Evil, and Chase Owens. I, I always hate. Nothing I hate more than the everybody has their big blow-off matches the night prior, and then they all come back the next day and have tag yeah. matches. So Get fired up for this tag after you already had your blow-off. Yeah, that yeah. I hate that shit. They do it all the time, so whatever. It's the, we don't want to tip off the results of night Right, one. right. So we're just going to throw all these guys in, yeah, in a random match. So sometimes they, they're done to a stat. You know, the guy, you know, Okada, if he beats Evil, will get the win again here. You know what I mean? Just to kind of really yeah, fire it home. Yeah, hey, Okada's the man. You know, but who knows? Uh, It'll IWG... be low effort. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Fucking terrible. The New Japan crowds are horrible right now. Just so bad to watch these shows. Uh, IWGP Tag Titles, Grill is the Destiny uh, versus Goto and Yoshihashi. Uh, I have no faith that Goto and Yoshihashi are going to do it, but man, that'd be kind of cool if they did. So, Yeah. but They'll all work hard, I think. Yeah. Uh, never open weight title. I am interested in this match for sure. Uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Great Okan. Um, more and more people are on the right side of history or getting on the right side of history with us in Okan. Uh, hopefully more people do after this night as well. Hopefully uh, Tanashi can get a, a pretty good performance out of him. Or at the end of the day, Okan has one of those awesome, you know performances where he just goes in there, kind of controls the match, gets his character over, and, and and beats a New Japan legend, which is fine with me too. So either be a really good back-and-forth match with Okan getting the win or have something where Okan just kind of, I don't want to say grinds it to a halt, but kind of wrestles his match in a way that gets him over. I'm fine with either of those two scenarios. Yeah, I really think he should win. I, I don't see the point of beating him again. Yeah. If you keep doing that, you run the risk of people then losing mm-hmm. faith in the, the fact he could be a top guy. This is the spot where you win. He took his lumps. He, 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 he you know, did the honors for the big stars. He's done that. Now it's time to turn uh, the key on the push, and it starts with beating Tanahashi right here. Uh, then we have a junior heavyweight title, the vacant junior heavyweight title. We'll talk about that here in a minute. Uh, El Fantasmo, El Desperado, and Bushi. Uh, obviously, if you do not know the news, uh, Hiromu Takahashi is now out. Uh, what is it? Torn pectoral muscle, right? Do I have that right? Was it a trap or pectoral? I think it was a pack. But uh, he's out at least six months. Uh, huge, huge ramifications. Uh, not only for his career, because it's felt like the big year for him. Uh, it was all kind of setting the stage for him to be a, a big year for Hiromu, uh, but also a bit, uh, you know, just huge turnaround in terms of the booking, how you get him involved. One of the top stars, one of the more fun guys in in New Japan, a guy that can really go out there and have you know really really great matches and really fun matches. He's now gone, which takes a lot of energy out of these shows, uh, and we're seeing it already here with this junior heavyweight title matches: El Fantasmo, Desperado, uh, and Bushi. Now, this was obviously you and I both agree that El Fantasmo was probably going to beat Hiromu for that title. They were going to do their little feud, or Homo was going to move on, or whatever. Uh, do you now with this scenario, the vacant title, that plan's out of the way, whatever? Do you go with Phantasmal anyway, because that was your plan, or do you get risky here? Do you get fun here? I don't want an Ibushi. No fucking universe do I want an Ibushi. I if you're gonna do it, do the fucking Desperado thing now. You know what I mean? Why not? What the hell do you have to lose? Yeah, um, the it's such a huge loss. Hiromu, and I know we know that they're scrambling to try to put together some kind of plan for Super Juniors um, because of the lack of star power. 
Desperado got over in last year's Super Juniors, which felt like it was like two weeks ago, because um, it basically was. He's still kind of hot. He just won the tag team titles again last night with uh, Kanemaru. Why not go all the way with him, right? It's a good opportunity to try it. You know, with Hiromu gone, try something different. I mean, I really feel like Phantasmo was going to win this match, but okay, why are they putting Desperado in it if the plan isn't to go with him though? That yeah, that, that's that's okay. That that was going to be my next question to you is like, in this case, you could just do Bushi because Bushi kind of was like, hey, you know what, take over for me, you know, or, or Hiromu told you know Bushi, hey, kind of take over for me. Yeah, throwing Desperado in there. I mean, I, it's not like you're trying to protect Bushi. You know what I mean? Like, Bushi could take a pinfall from Desperado. You're not trying to protect him. That's Bushi not... could take a pinfall from me. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. Like, he, he, so that's not the factor. So there's got to be a reason why Desperado's in there. Well, the, the other theory being Despi will be on the precipice of winning and Phantasma will steal the pin. And that sets up to, to build to them. Despi chasing Phantasma with Despi kind of being the surrogate for Hiromu, because it would have been Hiromu chasing Phantasmo. See? So I don't and do I don't hate that, I don't hate that either. That's that's, that's not still the pushing him. Yeah. That's still right, pushing right, him. Right, right, right. That's so fine. Th- that that might still be giving him the push that people want him to get. So that would that would kind of the worst result is Bushi. Right, yeah. Please and, do let's just please not do Bushi. Dear God, let's please not do Bushi. Yeah. When they did the angle last night, I was really hoping that somehow Bushi would end up out of the match. <laughs> but, but they're not gonna Like Desperado you know just I mean? attacks him and bloodies him up and throws him out and says, Nah, I'm taking your spot. Yeah. Like like Phantasmo kicked Despi with the loaded boot and knocked him out after Despi wanted to make it a three way. And then Bushi gave his MX or whatever to Phantasmo. They all attacked each other. I was hoping Bushi would be like get injured or something. That's what I mean, like complete, get completely capacitated and just toss to the yeah. side, and they go, "Okay, now it's just you and I." So but they're not going to do that because nah. Hiromu gave him the stamp of approval, and he's the baby face in the match, so you can't really get rid. You know what I mean? So I get it, but um, I think either way, it's a chance to push Desperado. They don't have a lot of other op- they don't have any other options, especially if they can't get people in the country. So you know, like your Dragon Lee's or you know. We'll attack Marty Skrull another day. Yes, I, I think next week will be a, a, a very good opportunity to, to uh, discuss that. So yeah, I, I, I don't have the energy tonight to do Marty Skrull talk. No, um, but I, I think we'll have plenty. Of, uh, there will be a lot of, uh, I, I'd imagine that that name is, is not one that we, uh, we'll have plenty of opportunities, I believe, in the next coming weeks. And plus, we'll see if he pops up on Strong. That's kind of what I, yeah, I, I, I think, I, I tend to believe that he's probably going to find his way on there. So we'll, we'll, we'll still see. have the benefit of the angle too, to talk right. About to kind of talk about how they're using him. So yeah, that will be nice. I know people are like, Oh, talk about Marty and we'll talk about him next week. Plenty of time next week. Not ducking it. We don't duck anything. I'm not ducking it. It just no time. This we'll get to it. Believe me. There's plenty of time. Believe me. There's going to be plenty of time to discuss. Yeah. I was going to say, it's not a one week thing here. We, I think because we'll have... if you, if you strong, listen, in all seriousness, you strongly object to this to the point where this is the crossed line. You might want to cancel that sub right now. Um, but yeah, any result but Bushi is fine, and I think it's good news for Despi that he's put in that spot because I think he will get that push now because there's no one else to push. I feel bad for El Fantasma too. Second year in a row, he loses out on his big feud with Hiromu. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it sucks for him too, but anyway. And then our main events, uh, Kotobushi, Tetsuya Naito, a match I have absolutely no feel for whatsoever. When I, like in any other universe, you would have told me Kotobushi, Naito, 
main event, I'd be all in. These guys have incredible matches. They go out there and they just absolutely kill each, each other. Really good. I mean, just tremendous wrestlers, but I have no, I, like, I, I am I the outlier here? I have no interest in this match whatsoever. I don't know why. There's nothing going. Well, because you've seen them wrestle a million times, right? But so they're going to have to win you over with the great match, which they're probably going to Right, which have. they can absolutely do. Yeah, no no yeah. problem at all. But it's just, yeah, the build is, I don't know what, like, I don't know why I'm supposed to be excited about this match. I don't know. It's very strange. I, I don't, I don't. Well, I okay, approach it from this perspective. What they're going to do with these two titles. Yeah, they're splitting. I mean, Naito's winning this, and they're splitting it up for sure. All right. Well, I mean that that's yeah. I guess that's it. I guess that's work yourself up for it. Right. We're just getting to that point, and and then after that, it's it's fine. So whatever. Yeah. Cool. Go out there, have a great match. Go kill each other. Have people get upset about it as usual. So. All right. Let us move on to uh, uh, probably the final topic for tonight. Um, AW. Oh, very quickly, the tag, the junior tag title change. Much oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have not seen that. You, you have so. Yeah, much better than the last match they had, which was all gimmicked up and all the heel stuff. They basically just had a match. And it was pretty good. So okay. Wanted to get that in. All right. Uh, so all Japan Pro Wrestling Excite Series yeah. 2021. Uh, we watched the final three matches. You and I. We have not seen the entire show. Uh, this is I don't have the date in front of me. Earlier this week, I forget the exact day. Tuesday. Twentieth. Yeah, twentieth. Okay, there you go. Um, no. Sorry. No, I don't was, know what uh, it was. Whatever, it was like the 23rd or something. You know, you're right, 23rd. I believe it was the 23rd. Anyway, uh, the big match that we want to talk about, but we actually saw some other stuff as well. Uh, the main event, Triple Crown title, Suwama versus Kohei Sato. Suwama defeats Kohei Sato in uh, what I thought was a pretty horrendous match. Uh, just uh, the opposite of Excite Series, I'll tell you that for sure. There was no Excite Series in this whatsoever. No Excite at all uh, in this, what I thought, pretty horrendous Suwama Kohei Sato main event, so... No, the Suwama title reign is doing nothing for me whatsoever. Um, he hasn't been. You've gone back and watched some of the other matches as well. You've watched. Seen everything. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I, yeah. I, you know, I, you know it's, uh, the, the, I haven't liked any of his title matches this year. People liked uh, the ones in January. I didn't even like those. This one, um, Suwa- look, Suwama, look, he, he can still do an exciting closing stretch. And I guess people like the big throws and the and the suplexes. I get it. Well, I don't get it because I think it's he's a bore. I think he's very boring. I think he's moved. I think he's clearly washed up. He doesn't move around as well as he did. Um, he's clearly lost a step. Um, so his reign is doing nothing for me. Kohei Sato looked like he was ill. I'm worried about him. He's lost body weight. He's lost what little muscle mass he had. He looked ill. Like his shoulders didn't look. There was something about him where he looked like I don't know what the word is anemic or. Yeah, like, that's yeah, that, that yeah, he looked like a the, he either looked like yeah, there was something wrong with him or like sometimes I like I'll have buddies that go on like weird diets and they look like just terrible when they come and you're like they lost weight but you're like dude, you don't look right. <laughs> like you're like a weird color. Yeah. Your body's like sunken in. Like how what are you doing to lose this weight? And it's like, "Oh, I I drink like, you know, lemon juice and cayenne pepper for 3 meals a week." And it's like, "Well, yeah, that's not good. Like don't do that." So I don't know if that's what he's doing or if he's yeah, but I'm I'm right with you. He looked like I don't know what it wasn't like he it wasn't like he stopped working out or whatever. It looked like he was actually like I don't I don't know what it was. Who knows? I think it's a combination of all those things. Yeah. I mean, he just he didn't look good, and the match just did nothing for no, me. No garbage, mean, absolute garbage. I, maybe three stars, I guess. I don't know. I went I, two. I, I went two. I, I I didn't think it was even three stars. Yeah, I mean, you know, so, um, yeah, the Suwama thing just isn't working. But I guess I did a future. 
um, because we'll talk about some other things here. Kento Miyahara and Yuma Aoyagi. Kento Miyahara has been in this feud with Abdullah Kobayashi, the deathmatch guy from Big Japan. Oh, yeah. So they beat Kobayashi and Sekimoto. <laughs> the best part uh, about this match is... Did you see the singles match between Miyahara and Kobayashi? Just... I did not. I did not. I just okay. saw this tag match. Yeah. So he's in this feud with him because he like disrespected him or something. Miyahara disrespected Kobayashi. Um, Miyahara is doing very much like a Daniel... Brian Danielson, 2006 like cocky kind of deal like um so he like disrespected kobayashi and now he's been in this feud with him a very unlikely feud and it culminated here and he beat him with the german um which is very impressive a, a guy that size but um i thought this was okay for what it was i didn't have high expectations i thought it was fun I yeah it was yeah a fun no, I, I liked it too. My, my favorite part is that uh, in, in just a traditional, like, nothing really happening tag match, Kobayashi just blazed, busted open. Like, oh, yeah. Like, dude, you don't have to bleed. Like, it's just a normal tag. But it's, it, it's Abdullah Kobayashi. Like, what do you think he's going to do? He's going to fucking bleed. Yeah, I'm not sure if it takes much for him to bleed at this point, to be honest. He probably, you know, took a bump and his forehead exploded. But, uh, yeah, that was, uh, I just found it hilarious. That it's just a normal, standard, just back and forth tag team wrestling match. And Kobayashi's all busted open. But, yeah, there were some really cool spots in here. There was, you know, uh, 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 Daisuke Sakamoto doing a, uh, you know, uh, Miyahara had Kobayashi. I forget what, what he had him in. But Sakamoto just comes from behind and just fucking German suplexes both of them at the same time. <laughs> like, he, yeah. you know, like, his partner took the brunt of it. But it's Daisuke Sakamoto. So he's like, I don't fucking care, dude. Like, you know, <laughs> to throw my bombs anyway. I don't care if it's going to hurt you. But it, it worked out because then, you know, they were able to you know land on Kento Miyahara. So the way they did it, it, it worked out pretty well. But, yeah, this was, this was fun. It was a fun 17 minutes, and, and, and Kento and, and Aoyagi get the win, but uh, afterwards there's a stare down between uh, Kobayashi and, and Miyahara. So. Can people just admit that Miyahara is by far the most charismatic and interesting oh, wrestler dude. in this company? He blows like, it's the not other even guys close. away. He blows it. Dude, when, when Suwama wins this match and fucking Yoshitatsu comes out, oh, and God, I'm like, the parade of fucking dorks in this company. I was like, come yeah. on. I mean, it's not even close. Like, he is so by far the most charismatic and interesting and best wrestler in his company. I'm not even comfortable putting anyone number two. Like, the next guy's number three. Like, the gap is so wide. And there's other people in the company I like. But can people just admit it? He hasn't held the title in ages. I get it. People were sick of the title reign. But can we please stop being stubborn and stupid about this and just admit that he's far superior to everyone on this roster? I mean, come on. But, you know, this is it, – it's it's kind of fun and interesting what he's doing with, with Kobayashi. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm fine with it. I, I, I enjoy it. So then you and I just saw one other match then, correct? We, we n- Neither of us saw the rest of the show. We don't need to talk about this undercard. No, it looks pretty horrid. I'm not going back and watching it, I'll be honest. So, yeah. so the, the double turn. Yes, yeah. So you have the Jin team, which is uh, Jake Lee. Uh, and Koji Iwamoto, uh, they they teamed up with Tajiri. They defeated the Enfants Terribles, Koji Doi, uh, Kumarashi, and then Satoru Ashino. But uh, the big part, the match itself, you know, decent work back and forth. The big part is at the end, though, Enfants Terribles turn on Satoru Ashino. Jake Lee is the mastermind of it. He's got a shitting grin in the corner there. He has turned heel. Satoru Ashino has turned face. Enfants Terribles are done. I'm into this. I like this. I like heel Jake Lee already. I think it's going to work. Well, yeah. Enfant's turn on Nishino takes the nut shot, and then they're stomping him out. Jake Lee's kind of just watching. Then he joins in, and Iwamoto tries to step in, and Jake Lee decks Iwamoto. 
So it wasn't just that Jake Lee wants to beat up Ashino more because he doesn't like him. The the when he hit Iwamoto, that signified okay, he's turning and presumably joining Enfants. Now I don't know any of the fallout yet, but I thought it was interesting that the Enfants guy all they all took off their t-shirts. Yeah, so yeah, I was gonna say they ripped off that. the t-shirts and threw them down. So I, I, I I'm led to believe that that's the end of that, and they're probably gonna get a new name or or, or I don't know they join Jin or I, I don't know exactly how they're gonna work this out, but. Uh, I'm led to believe that by ripping the t-shirt and throwing them down, that that meant that was the end of uh, two replays, but we'll see. I did see some stuff on Twitter and whatnot where like Suwama and others have embraced Ashino. So look, nobody needed a fresh coat of paint more than Jake Lee. He was dead in the water as a baby face and going nowhere. I don't care what anybody says. He was never getting to the top. He just didn't have it in him. I'd given, I'd given up on him. It was obvious that he didn't have the necessary charisma as the face. No one needed a fresh coat of paint more than him. And we've wasted so much time talking about him over the years. But the guy, the 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 next guy in line who needed a fresh coat of paint was Ashino because of the way they've booked him. You know, he didn't feel special anymore. So this was a great double turn, not only because the angle was a legitimately great angle, but because it was two guys who needed it. And I think it's going to help both of these dudes and – there's a lot of speculation that this might be your champion carnival final. I don't know if I'm ready to go that far. You'd like it to be because you want to see guys just get pushed. Sure. Yeah, yeah. But the All Japan booking is so lousy that who knows. But, man, this was a great angle, and both of these guys could use the change. And it gives me hope that they do see something in Ashino, but they wanted to do it as a babyface. Which is even better than doing it as a heel. You're right, yeah. If, if that's, I, I, I am now a little bit more interested. Like, I, I was really down on the way that they treated uh, Shino. Not because, like, yeah, I'm, I'm a stand for Shino, you know, quote unquote, but I also think that he offers a lot to that company. They need young, new, and fresh talent. So when I saw, you know, the way that it went, you know, with him over the last year, I was like, Jesus, what are you guys doing? But now when I see this, it's like, okay, you, you, do, you do think that there's something in this guy because it's clear that they still see something in this guy. They still have some plans for him. So if it's as a baby face, that's fine. I'm going to go at an open mind with that. So I, I'm excited to see that, but I am very excited to see Jake Lee as a heel because this might be exactly what this guy needed. I mean, it, it reminds me a lot of uh, Nakajima from Noah a, a few years back when it was just you're trying to figure out, okay, what can we – we got to get this guy going. We got to get this guy going. We got to get this guy going. They turn him heel, and that injection, that, that, that overnight injection of charisma and confidence came in Nakajima. And now Nakajima is a made man, dude. You can do anything you want with Nakajima now. I don't know that Jake Lee's the talent of Nakajima. I don't think he is. I think Nakajima is oh, no, way oh, better pro wrestler, yeah. Yeah. way better in all levels. But I do – you know. I'm just using I that as a comparison, comparison point. Yeah, I'm using yeah. that as like a maybe this is the kick in the ass that Jake Lee needs. And and he is very stoic and very sort of, uh, you know, whatever words you want to use. It might work a little bit better as a heel than it has as a baby low face. Low energy. Yeah, low energy. It might work as a heel. I mean, it, it was not working as a face at the end of the day. So try something else with this guy before you give up completely. So Totally see what you're saying. I'm all about this. He needs the fresh coat of paint. With all of that said, I am keeping this man at arm's length. Yeah, for sure. Oh, I, no, 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 no doubt. He has to show. He has to show me before I buy in. It may work out. Um, it may be exactly what he needs. I hope it is. This company needs people to step up. And, um, you know, this could be his big opportunity, but arm's length. I just think he's so low energy. 
He's just a low energy dork. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. And I've been burned so many times by this guy. And I just, he just doesn't have what it takes to me to be a top guy as a face and be an ace. I mean, but maybe as a heel, far stranger things have happened. He's obviously very physically talented. So we'll see. And the angle got over well. It was one of those Japanese angles that the people forgot they weren't allowed to make noise. You know? So the people gasped at the turn and it was, it, you could tell it was over. The angle was over. So yeah, I, I, I'll give it a chance, but I'm definitely keeping him at arm's length. Um, I know we're running low on time. I just wanted to mention the show on the, I've watched all of the singles matches and title matches from the tour. The best all Japan match this year was Shima beating Iwamoto for the junior title on the 20th notebook match for sure. Shima looked incredible. Iwamoto looked good. Um, outstanding match. And to me, I, I went four and a quarter. And to me, so far to this point, it's the best All Japan match of the year. And there was also a All Asia tag title match where Purple Haze defended against Purple Haze, which was also very good. So honestly, with this show here, I would just watch the turn and the angle and maybe the tag title match. I'd blow off the main event. I would spend my time, if you're a listener catching up on All Japan, watching the two top matches from the 20th, the All-Asia tag and the junior tag main event. Those, to me, are probably the two best All-Japan matches this year. All right, and then uh, did you want to talk uh, Bloodsport real fast? Let's blow through it, sure. Let's do it. So, yeah, obviously, I only saw the main event. I saw Moxie, uh, David Boy Smith Jr., uh, I thought it was fine. I was pretty bored at times. Uh, I was kind of happy for it to be over. Uh, the end was kind of cool, but uh, ultimately, yeah, I, I wasn't a huge fan of uh, Moxley versus Davey Boy. But uh, maybe you have a different opinion about it. I do. I thought it was the best blood sport match of these two shows of the past two weekends, and I went notebook on it. I really liked it. Um, because they, it kind of broke the pattern that you talked about last week. Okay, I watched this whole show. Last week, you watched the whole show. And I saw exactly what you were talking about, where it's all just heavy grapple fuck mm-hmm, now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's just, it's like simulated grapple. Right, it's and bad it, guys, bad guys sparring and trying to be MMA fighters as opposed to wrestlers fighting, which there's a clear right. difference there. Clear, Yeah, and it just, the undercard did nothing for me. I will say that Rocky Romero looked really good in his match against Simon Grimm. Um, that was probably my second favorite match on the show looking at everything. Yeah. Um, but Moxley, Davey Boy Smith Jr. I thought broke the mold. I mean, Moxley did some pro wrestling stuff. He won by KO with the paradigm shift, which was cool as fuck. And, uh, you know, Davey Boy busted him open. Now I, I thought Davey Boy, I thought they did the old Terry Funk deal, a Terry Funk deal where it's like, he lets the guy punch him in the head until he busts open hard way. But someone pointed out that Moxley does flip over on his belly at one point. It looks like he blades. Oh, all right. Either way, though, the blood added to it. And, uh, you know, Moxley put Davy Boy in the in the sharpshooter and gave him the finger before he turned him over. There were elements of this that were very unmodern blood sport like. And I liked it. And I thought it was physical. So, yeah, it sounds like I liked it a lot more than you did. I went four flat. Um, to me, it was by far the best of the blood sport matches that I've seen 
on the two cards over the last two weekends. Now, I wouldn't disagree with that. I, I have not watched all of Bloodsport 5, but I would not disagree. I think it was better than anything I saw in Bloodsport 4, but I didn't I didn't really I, – I don't know. I just didn't love it that much. So, But I, I, yeah. I did not like a lot of that show at all. So, <laughs> And I'm guessing, judging by your review, I don't think I'm going to like a lot of Bloodsport 5. So maybe I need to – I wouldn't watch any of this. Maybe yeah. Rocky Romero for the novelty of seeing Rocky work the style. Okay, yeah. And I will say that the, the Dickinson-Kratos fight – and the Cobb Lawler fight has guys with charisma. So it's easier to, you know what I mean? Um, so, you know, those were, but they're not anything I, you need to go out of your way to see. I just think Dickinson loves doing it so much that he brings something to the table when he's in these. Cause he's just, you he, he can tell that he's, you know, Moxley too. You can tell he just loves doing it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But well booked because you have Moxley win and now you're setting up what we talk about just last week. Barnett needs to get in there. Well, mm-hmm. Here you go. Moxley versus Barnett, which sounds really good. Yeah, now I'm into that. that. Yeah, I'm into that. And I think the WrestleMania weekend will always be a good time to get new talent and and, and fun and interesting talent uh, in these blood sports as well. So hopefully they do that. We'll see. Um, I need a little bit of break from blood sports. So I'll, I'll be, I'm sure by WrestleMania weekend, be excited again uh, about blood sport, at least for, for that time. So, all right, that is that. And that is the Voices of Wrestling flagship podcast. Again, voicesofwrestling.com slash Patreon, patreon.com slash Voices of Wrestling. $5 tier gets you the VOW retro stuff, the arrival, our look back at uh, the NXT TakeOver, early NXT TakeOver events. It also gives you the Thursday tier reviews. It gives you November to remember, gives you all that stuff. $10, that gets you everything we do. It gives you live flagships. You can listen live, participate in the chat room like we talked about at the beginning of the show. It gives you the live instant reaction shows that we were doing after uh, AEW Revolution later uh, in, in March as well. So $10 unlocks every Everything on the $5 tier, everything on the $10 tier, you get everything for $10 a month. Voicesofwrestling.com slash Patreon. Also, uh, Voicesofwrestling.com for all the previews and reviews uh, of all these shows. At Voices Wrestling on Twitter, but please don't follow us. Why would you do that? Uh, and also, Voicesofwrestling.com slash Discord uh, as well. We're a great chat, great community going on there at Voicesofwrestling.com slash Discord. So for Joe Lanza, I'm Rich Krejci. We'll talk to you next time on the Voice Wrestling Flagship Podcast. Take care.